Hello fellow homebrewers, JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brewbuilt Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full 2-inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brewbuilt line of options and add-ons like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Unitanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brewbuilt Conicals. You can trust Brewbuilt with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brewbuilt at morebeer.com. This Friday, your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley! It's anger! Let me at him! Fear! Safety checklist is complete! Disgust! Ew! Ew! Ugh. Sadness is in the house! Oh, no. Hello, I'm Anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going! Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Today's Sunday session is brought to you thanks to the fine folks at More Beer. Visit them right now at morebeer.com. I poured it in my mouth and it just wasn't going down. My first beer was an IPA, the best IPA I've ever drank. Mostly because I brewed it. If you have a scale that is good for measuring cocaine, you're probably good for measuring hops on cocaine. You're scaring me. <laughs> I think the information is awesome and the audio sucks. Make some sugary water, throw in some yeast in there. And you're going to drink good beer. Yeah, it's, it's going to be good. It's fine. Oh, God damn it, man. Oh, my God. Oh, uh-oh. Now, live from the Brewing Network Studios in Northern California, this is the radio program for home brewers, craft brewers, beer lovers, and beer geeks. It's your only source for live beer radio that brings expert brewers together with, well, expert drinkers. This is the radio program with a head on it. This is The Session. Well, hello, and a good day to you. Welcome to the program. Uh, my name is Justin Crosley. I'm your host. This is The Session, live from the Hop Grenade. With me today is Jason J.P. Petros. Hello. Maybe, if I can get his microphone to work. Hello, hi. I fixed it, and now it's unfixed. Yeah, it's un- oh. I'm unfixable right now. Man, oh, man. No, right? Welcome to the universe. I am your overlord. I don't know, man. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of works. That's that sweet spot, baby. Right there. There's a gremlin in your mic, because I've fixed it four times. And, yeah. it, and then you test it, test it, test it, and it works, right. and then you go live. Well, one would one would venture to guess that maybe you're not fixing it. You'd venture that, <laughs> but, but there's no way to tell I'm not fixing right, it. Right, exactly. Is, is totally. the problem. <clears throat> there's, a, there's a connection there that maybe you need to rub against rub against my connections. I think it's the whole board, because I've checked your connections. I think it's your channel. 
but whatever. Yeah. Luckily, I ordered a whole new board because I thought this thing blew up a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And then discovered it was just the power supply. Right. <laughs> right? Which is cool because I'm like, all right, I can send back a $2,000 board. <laughs> yeah. Um, and But then now this is happening, and I still have the board. You haven't sent it back yet? Well, they won't let me. I keep trying. They're like, yeah, we're going to send you the return information. Smart. Uh, they are smart because I think they're going to be like, well, now you're past the return. And I'm going to be like, no, <laughs> fuck you. I uh, well, they know they know, know uh, about the warranty on this thing. They know how long it'll last, and be like, oh, he has another couple weeks, and then it'll totally crash, and he'll have to keep it. It's a whole plan. I'm convinced. Electronic companies are smart. I agree. Yeah. All right, let me try this now. All right, good. Try now. Yes. Hello. Yes, I'm back. All right, we're gonna try you there. All right. Worst case, we might have to move you to. Oh the, shit! Yeah, yeah. Just I know. Give me the gonna, night off. It's gonna throw you off. <laughs> You're going to be in a whole new spot. It'll be weird, man. You won't know what to do. Yeah. I'll still suck. (laughs) Well, despite some audio uh, issues, we do have a great show planned for you tonight. Uh, First of all, I'd like to thank our wonderful sponsor, More Beer. Uh, You can go over to morebeer.com right now and check them out. And and they have everything you need for beer and coffee and wine and... I think even other things like I don't know. Uh, make drugs. I think. Yeah, they like. Br- they must be branching out to everything by now. <laughs> um, you get everything you need over there. So uh, thanks to them for always supporting the Brewing Network and let them know you appreciate it. Next time you do an order in the comments field, just say thanks for supporting the BN. And believe it or not, that really goes a long way with all of our sponsors and especially More Beer. They always just appreciate hearing that. They're very customer service oriented and and they send that stuff to me all the time. They're always so happy. Still, after all these years, they're so happy to get messages about thanking them for supporting the BN. It just lets them know that um, I'm, you know, we're like their favorite little redheaded stepchild, and right. it still works. And uh, they really do get excited about that. So let them know uh, that you're thankful. Also on tonight's program, Pelican Brewing Company is on the show from Oregon. I've been to Pelican a couple times. Well, it is probably the best real estate in craft beer. Yeah. I mean, it is quite literally, and I'm not using literally at the way the millennials use it. <laughs> right, right. I mean, it's literally on the beach. Yeah, on they the have to, like, sweep off the deck of sand. Oh, it's, it's so, like, on the beach. Like, wow. the right side of it, it you, you just walk right past, you surf, and the beach is there, and... I mean, it's as close to the water as you get without drowning. Right. Uh, it was uh, probably 10 years ago when I was there and uh, stayed in the RV park right across the street from it. Oh, nice. And, uh, yeah, it's right on the beach. I mean, yeah. And it's a beach. It's not like a short, jagged shoreline. It's a nice. It's not a rock beach. beach. It's like sand. It's really nice. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's, good. it's full on. Nice. Yeah. So I'm excited to have them on the program. Not only the great real estate, but really good beer. And they've been at this since 1996. So they were doing the craft beer thing before most of us were doing it. And it's just kind of, I always get excited when we get to talk to people who have yeah. been doing we, this for a while. We, we blame them or give them credit? Which, which do we do? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, they kind of slowed us down at the beginning, didn't they? <laughs> they did. They could have been a little faster. We'd have better beer a long time ago. That's true. Yeah. Uh, but they were some of the only ones doing it. Well, and check this out. The brewmaster we're going to talk to tonight is the original brewmaster. Yeah, he's a 20-year veteran. He oh, opened the place in 96. Well, I guess if you have a rad location like that, what do you? where, where are you going to go? <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Where are you going to upgrade to? Seriously, I do want to ask where he lives in relation to the brewery. Because if he's <laughs> yeah. a bike ride away from the beach brewery, 
Yeah. It, it doesn't get better. I, you're going to you're gonna move to some light industrial park? No. Come on. <laughs> no, you're going to stay right better there. Better place you stayed 20 years at. It is a perk. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. All right. So we're going to talk to the guys from Pelican tonight. It's going to be uh, Darren Welch, who's the brewmaster and uh, uh, one of the owners as well. And then Ryan Lishka is going to be in studio with us. He's the sales manager. Uh, so we can talk about where the, you can get the beer and, and what they're doing. We actually have their beer on tap here at the Hop Grenade. And we'll learn more about this. But if I'm not mistaken, you used to only get Pelican, uh, first of all, just at the brew pub, and mm-hmm. then probably later only in Oregon. And I think now they're branching out a little bit. So yeah. you can come down to the Hop Grenade and try the beer if you're local. Uh, and we'll be trying some of the beer tonight, too. All right. A few things to let you know about. Uh, Drake's, speaking of people who have been in the business for a while, Drake's Brewing Company, as you know, one of my favorites here locally. Um, in fact, I was trying. I was thinking the other day, uh, I went to buy beer nah. and, and grabbed a six-pack of 1500 like I always do. And I'm trying to remember the last time I went to buy six-packs of beer that I didn't buy a six-pack <laughs> of Drake's. Now, I bought other ones, too. Don't get me wrong. But it's like my either their 1500 or their IPA is pretty much always in my fridge. It just always is. It's always fresh and good, and I, you just can't go wrong with it. Yeah. And you guys, you know that you, you know that was. I still do that with Firestone too. I almost always grab the Pale Thirty One, but I can get the Pale Thirty One at work now. So often, um, yeah. I just I always get the. Yeah, it's a great beer. Easy drinking. Yeah. Well, well, they've been around for twenty seven years now, and they're doing their anniversary party on August twenty sixth. Yes. As a matter of fact, uh, some of you, I hope, will be going here in the studio. I'll be going. Um, good. I sent out an email to you today because they invited us to go. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, it's going to be a big party down there at the brewery, and uh, I think you all should go. So go check it out. You can go to drinkdrakes.com, and you'll find all the information on the website. And uh, It's a good party to go to. I think they're going to have some other beers there, too. It's yeah. not just a Drake's uh, yeah, beer. Yeah, music and, and kind of a beer fest kind of format. Yeah. yeah. They put on good events down there at the brewery, so go check it out. Uh, All right. Uh, Quick announcements today. Amazon shopping, as hopefully you already know, you can do that through our website, both in the United States and in the U.K. Just click the Amazon link on our homepage. It's a great way to support the BN without shelling out any additional money. A lot of you do that, and we appreciate it very much. I'm just letting the rest of you know. You can save it as a bookmark, and then um, just always go log into your Amazon that way, and and we always get a little cut out of that. So you're not giving all the money away to the man, giving it away to the the boy child, the boy Jeff children, or whatever Bezos. Google gets another one. Yeah, that guy gets $80 billion. Dollars. He doesn't need any more. Yeah, that's Gibson does. Uh, all right. Also, you can support us by subscribing and joining the BN Army. Our recurring donors are automatically entered into the More Beer Monthly Donation Giveaway, which is a chance to win $100 to spend at More Beer. And we do that drawing every single month. We've been doing it for years. Uh, you can sign up for as little as $2. But the more you sign up for, the more entries uh, go into the hat for you. Uh, Kate the Great runs that raffle for us every month. She does a good job making sure that everybody gets treated fairly, gets all the entries uh, for their for their money down. And it's just another good way to support us. Um, get other updates and other things on Twitter <laughs> and Facebook. Yes. And then send your feedback to feedback at thebrewingnetwork.com. You can probably send show ideas there, too. JP will pass them along to Bevo, uh, who's been doing a great job doing our booking uh, recently. Um, I know we've gotten some good feedback about uh, all the shows we've been doing. Yeah, I think so. It's Just pretty much been uh, consistent. It's good. Either we've been doing a better job, or I complained enough that people just are like, he's going to kill himself if we send one more bad like review. So they're just telling us we're doing a great job now. I, th- I think what it is is that maybe everybody else's lives are going to shit, 
Yeah. And so they okay. look to us as the last bastion of good entertainment. And so wow. they're very, they feel very positive about it. I like and this so I think, Yeah, I think we've always sucked for like 11 years. <laughs> but right. in comparison to everyone's lives, like you look at the, the upcoming elections, everyone's all haggard over that. North Korea's declaring war on us. Yeah. Come on, let's, uh, you know, let's give some positive energy. And who else needs it more than the Bring Network? I agree. What do you think? Is North Korea declaring war on us? I think or? they did. Or they threatened to like nuke us because they think they're gonna in, that we're going to invade them soon. I don't know. They're nuts over there. Shouldn't we invade them, though? I think by now. I mean, Get it over no, with. Definitely. I mean, we have invaded past. other countries for less. <laughs> That's, That's true. That's true. <laughs> Technically, it's just a ceasefire. <laughs> We've got them like, locked it's in the basement anyway. Extended ceasefire. Yeah. That's true. I just want to state that the uh, opinions and views stated <laughs> on the Brewing Network are not shared by Beverly Moore. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, all right. So send your feedback to feedback at the com. Yes. Um, do we have a Twitter game today? Oddly enough, we do. I love it when you say that. Thank Twitter you. game is brought to you today by the Wine and Hop Shop. Go check them out. A great sponsor of ours. You can find them at wineandhop.com. What's our Twitter game? Well, uh, it, it's odd that we mentioned, somebody mentioned North Korea in the last piece. I don't know who it was. but some amazing it person. It is odd, yeah. Um, they just had their first ever beer festival. It sounds like a joke. Mm-hmm. They had their first ever beer festival. Ever from you, yeah. They had 800 people show up. Guess oh. how many beers they, they were pouring. <laughs> how, 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 how many people did they show up? Yeah. They were pouring one beer. <laughs> North Korean lager. <laughs> it was, no, it's called... Um, oh, actually, it's named well, it's, after the ruler or something. This, it's a Pyongyang uh, Tai Dong Gang. That's Pyongyang Kai Dong Kong. Yes, thank you very yeah. much. Which says, uh, what, Emperor has a big penis. That's probably exactly, <laughs> yeah, the dong part. Um, apparently, uh, the fest uh, sh- shows the superiority and vitality of our own social style, or our own style socialist system, which... Which is all about the people. Anyways, uh, to capitalize on this, I thought it was only prudent. we got to get in there early. It's probably one of the huh? last places that, that is, is still uh, hasn't experienced a craft beer boom. Yeah. So we should open a studio out there and deliver oh. beer to the people via radio. So what should we call our uh, People's Republic of North Korean location? Location. Studio location. Studio location, yes, sir. So what you're saying is <laughs> we should be the Dennis Rodman of the beer world. Absolutely. Get in with, is it Kim Jong-il? Or uh, Kim Jong-un? I forget. Is, is it Un? Who knows? But, uh, all right, well, we should probably start by learning his name. <laughs> well. And sending gifts. That'll help with the paperwork. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right, so what is our new BN studio in North Korea called? That's your Twitter game for today. I like the idea. You know, I'm, I like being multicultural. I like travel. <laughs> yeah, you sure do. <laughs> I'm ready for North Korea. All right, great. <laughs> Uh, all right, should we do some feedback, Doc? What do you think? I think it would be a grand idea. All right, the feedback is brought to you today by our very good friend, John, over at the Beer Law Center. You can go to beerlawcenter.com and check it out. He takes care of our trademark. He can do the same for you. He could also help you do all your uh, TTB filing and different things if you're looking to open a brewery. Go to beerlawcenter.com. Just a couple short things in the feedback today. Uh, Don from Prairie Brothers Brewing wrote in, uh, Dear Brewcasters, the Barry a brewery show was a fantastic show the brewers were very knowledgeable and gave very good answers to some tough questions i didn't know we asked tough questions <laughs> yeah, you know. I, I had him going there a little bit yeah i well, didn't know they uh, gave very good answers actually a lot of this is about you tasty oh shit. when tasty started <laughs> asking questions about the details of their beer um to clone for competition i'm sure he says oh. you could tell you that the guys that. were hesitant to give out information by listening to the flow of the episode and not tasting the actual beer i could tell these guys are kicking some ass in brewing 
I thought Tasty was going to have a heart attack when they wouldn't answer his questions directly. These guys were professional in skirting the answers and putting Tasty on edge. Uh, as much as we would love all the details of their brewing process, Barry Essek uh, is keeping their recipes close to their heart and did not feel comfortable giving their secrets and confident letting Tasty push them around. <laughs> I, know, so, I know Chris really well. So. I know you And do. when I do see him in real life, we fight as well. So. <laughs> I knew we'd be doing it on the podcast. Yeah. yeah. That's what I could tell, too, when it was going back and forth. Because, yeah. you know, I, would, uh, I don't intervene, but I would... I Sometimes I steer away if I see things happen. But I could tell you, you this must be a conversation you always have. Always. And, the, and he never answers you. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah he's like, uh, like, uh, no, Chris yeah, White. like Roger Davis a little bit. Frankly, I pushed yeah. him a little harder than you did because I don't have a relationship with him. So, And noticing what was happening, I stepped in a couple times yeah, yeah. and was like, dude, like, what's going on here? You don't, you're not going to give us the, the, the details? Um, which, of course, I'm always fine with, too. I just like to poke, no, that's fine. poke the bear a little bit. Well, um, and, and those people who you, you can you get a sense of their personality, and you can tell that those guys really were into that, and that's how they communicate with their friends, and they were super open and friendly. And yeah. I don't know, you kind of get in that flow with a certain people, uh, you know, certain type of personality and it's it's very easy it's very easy to overdo it uh, yeah. but i think it's uh, it just yeah it flows out and i thought it was a good job and i think they actually were a pretty nice balance of keeping a few things close oh, yeah, no, to the no. sleeve and then giving yeah. out some stuff too uh, because when we pressed them on a couple of things you know some of it was silly like when i was started to press them harder or at least make fun of them a little bit it was when like he wouldn't answer me about mash temperature and i was like all right, come on. Just answer me about the fucking mash temperature. For <laughs> yeah, God's right. Sake. Mash like, <laughs> and I think they got that and then started to answer that stuff, too. I had a lot of fun with the Barry Essa guys. Yeah, yeah, that was a great time. They seemed like nice folks. I yeah, hadn't met them before, or if I had, I was drunk. And um, <laughs> I had a nice time. We hung out with them a little bit afterward and had some beers. And I thought, I do think they're making excellent beer. So the listeners write about that. And um, they, they were cool. I, I just think they have a good outlook on the, the beer scene. I like that about them, too. So, All right. Well, thanks for writing in, Don. Um, they're creative, but not pretentious about it. Like adding like black limes and shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? And there's some some people do that and they're just like, "Oh, well, this is the mo- finest locally sourced and, you know, highly sustainable." They threw right. it on the roof and dried it. Like, you know what I mean? It's 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 not <laughs> they bought them at Safeway. <laughs> right. threw, well, they, we don't know where they bought them, but yeah. And I like that. It shouldn't be a big thing. You mm. know, you're adding you're adding you're adding you're putting your own twist on it and let's let's, you know, let's bring our nose a little closer to the plane of, of existence here. It's true. We always do relate a little better to the non-pretentious ones. We yeah. can handle the others who come in with all the fancy schmancy stuff, but totally. in, inside we're laughing at them. <laughs> right. <laughs> I like a little organic food. Don't get me wrong. Like I'm into it, Like, but you're right. Sure. Like Sometimes hearing about it for the 12th time, uh, yeah, no, I, I bought it from an immigrant uh, who's, who you swam over here yesterday. Yeah. He actually <laughs> swims it back and forth. He doesn't, it's very <laughs> sustainable because he doesn't have a ship a freighter ship <laughs> yeah he swims and he's very healthy right. because of all the swimming yeah. we only brew this twice a year because <laughs> he's in transit yeah uh all right and actually we only have one more this week it's uh maybe this will be the last one i do about my ranting um this one was like yeah, a rant about your ranting it's another rant about my ranting from dustin who's a sergeant in the bn army um 
He says, uh, first off, I hate when people just write in to complain. So I would start with you guys are amazing. You make great beer or you my life, yada, 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 because it's all true. However, most of us listeners only write in to complain about shit like a bunch of ungrateful asshats. Uh, I suppose this email is no different. I'm writing to complain about the complaining whiners who wrote in about the Justin rant. First of all, I do want to say you, you should continue to write in and complain and, and all that. And believe me, if it bothers me that much, I... I either go off on a rant or I don't read it. So either <laughs> yeah. way, it's fine. Right. <laughs> and uh, we, we like all the emails. Better you just you know quit doing the show for like a month and a half. <laughs> yeah, I'm taking my ball and going home. <laughs> <laughs> all right, he goes on to say, uh, I actually truly enjoy your rants. It gives us all a sense of who you guys are. If I wanted to listen to a professional, boring, nerdy, monotone beer show, I'd have plenty to choose from. This show's not that. Um, but you guys are professional. You're also family. I feel a part of this huge community and family in the BN, and it's part due to the human responses and rants and jokes that you guys present. And this is where uh, this is why there's a BN Brew Club that wins Best Brew Club in the first place, whether you like it or not. Um, you don't see that happen in other beer podcasts. So suck it, anti-rant feedbackers. I want to know who guys are because I can't just drink beer with you. Uh, that way, when I get to talk to Justin, like while some drunk dude who can't handle his shit is puking at the entrance of the Spring Brew fest i can be like oh that guy that's justin he's super cool but can be funny and kind of cunty with his occasional rants or that's jp he's a total dork about disneyland or even that's beardy he can't see shit and has a beard uh, <laughs> I like how I was the only one who was being nice to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was nice to me. <laughs> he was nice to you. Yeah. Well, he's worried about you. Well, he should be. <laughs> uh, so all the haters uh, that want to be cunning and complain uh, so they have something to do, stick with playing your Pokemon Go game or whatever you do and enjoy the goddamn show. Thanks for what you do. Rant on and fuck what people say. That being said, in Chechnya, only give a fuck was used when the first person was born here. There are no give a fucks left. <laughs> That's a good Chechnya joke right there. Well done, Dustin. Uh, yeah, the, and that's what I complained about, too, is like, look, the show's always been about us talking about our stupid lives and the yeah, things we complain about you know. and the thing. So to get emails that are like, don't do that, I'm always like, well, God, what have you been listening to? I was like, this is, I, I don't mind, I mind less when people complain about new shit we try, right? That's fine. All right, give me, but when have we been doing it the entire time and you go, stop talking about your life. I think I most get... shows start out with a vent of some sort. They're inventing about something. <laughs> most of the good ones, anyway. Because yeah. then I get it all off my chest right exactly. at the beginning. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm, you know, since I'm... your therapist kicked you out. <laughs> exactly. I think he moved. He's got to talk to somebody. <laughs> well, he's on to the next study group. He just doesn't answer your phone calls anymore. Yeah, he won't even answer my calls. It's not right. <laughs> <laughs> it's not right at all. All right, that's your feedback for today, brought to you by the Beer Law Center. All right, well, like I said, we do have a great show planned for you today. We're going to take a quick break, and before we get to Pelican, when we come back, uh, we're going to talk to Tom McCormick from the California Craft Brewers Association. And, of course, they're putting on the second annual California Craft Beer Summit, so we're going to learn about that and more on tonight's show. So hang in there. It's the session. We'll be right back. Listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. The Vault. 
created by White Labs. The Vault is a collection of new, creative, and unique yeast strains from around the world. These strains have never been available to homebrewers. Most have not even been available to professionals. You have the power to release the yeast. Through the Vault, White Labs is giving you the power to decide which strains are put into production and giving you the opportunity to brew with these strains. Visit whitelabs.com slash the vault and pre-order the yeast strain of your choice and encourage your friends to do the same. Once 250 pre-orders have been achieved, White Labs will put that strain into production. The strain will be mailed directly to your doorstep, ready to make the beer you've always wanted to brew. This program was created with the home brewer in mind. White Labs is relying on you to help release these strains, which may blaze the way for future new and unique beers. Help release the yeast. Visit whitelabs.com slash the vault. The 21st Amendment. Watch out! Do you like beer? They make beer. Watch out! Do you like friends and fun? They make friends and fun. Watch out! Do you still like to have a good time? First Amendment. Watch out! The 21st Amendment in San Francisco, located at 563 2nd Street, two blocks from the building where baseball is seen and played. Try their beers in the pub or try them in the can. Featuring... Monk's Blood. Made with real monk. Watch out! So why not have the best time of your life? Go to the 21A and Sean O'Sullivan will personally greet you with a can of... Monk's Blood. The 21st Amendment. Watch out! This advertisement is not in any way affiliated nor associated with the 21st Amendment Bar and Pub, nor its subsidiaries or affiliates. This telecast is not copywritten by the 21st Amendment for the private use of the Brewing Network. Any use of this telecast without Jamil Zanishev's consent is prohibited. Suck it, JP. Brewing Great Beer is a process of continuous learning, and the best books on every aspect of brewing can be found at Brewers Publications, with more than 50 awesome titles like Modern Homebrew Recipes by Gordon Strong, Designing Great Beers, The Ultimate Guide to Brewing Classic Beer Styles by Ray Daniels, American Sour Beers, Innovative Techniques for Mixed Fermentations by Michael Tonsmeyer, For the Love of Hops, The Practical Guide to Aroma, Bitterness, and the Culture of Hops by Stan Hieronymus and Radical Brewing Recipes, Tales, and World Altering Meditations in a Glass by Randy Mosher, plus many, many more. These are the books and the authors with the knowledge to push your brewing farther than you thought possible. And you'll find them all at fine homebrew and book retailers everywhere. And visit the website at BrewersPublications.com Brewers Publications All the best on beer and brewing. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, More Beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. MoreBeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. MoreBeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to MoreBeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, More Beer's social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to morebeer.com today and take advantage of the buzz, the forum, the learning center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. 
Marin Brewing Company in Northern California has been making award-winning beers for more than 25 freaking years. Today, I want to tell you about their new 12-ounce cans of Mount Tam Pale Ale. The good stuff, Mount Tam is bright gold. 5.5% ABV to keep you feeling good and has been winning awards since 1989. If you're visiting the Bay Area, get your butt out to Marin Brewing Company. They pour tasty beers and serve great food every day until midnight. Come in for a tour, stay for the food, and pick up a six-pack of cans of Mount Tam Pale Ale to enjoy at home, camping, biking, or whatever the hell you do. Owner Brandon Moylan has this to say about Marin Brewing Beers. It's freaking awesome. Marin Brewing has won more than 100 gold medals in international competitions. Check out MarinBrewing.com for all their award-winning beers, food, and merch. Marin Brewing Company in Larksburg, California. Award-winning taste, refreshing finish. It's freaking awesome. Are back. It ain't 401 beer. Whatever. All right, welcome back to the program. Thanks, as always, for hanging out with us. And thanks also for supporting one of our great sponsors, Great Fermentations. You can go over to greatfermentations.com right now and check them out. They have the largest catalog of Blickman products on the web. They do same-day shipping on some of the main items, which a lot of other vendors could take up to three weeks. And uh, the staff is the best trained using Blickman products. So go check out their top-notch customer service. Like them on Facebook at gr 8 Fermentation. And Twitter, GR8 Fermentation, and, of course, at GreatFermentations.com. All right. So um, I just want to mention the beer in my glass real quick. Yes, please do. I'm drinking the Cellar Maker, Cellar Maker ALS in Chains Pale Ale, <laughs> which is a cool name because I'm a funny. big Alice in Chains fan. And uh, I wonder if they made it maybe for the Faction uh, Beer Fest. They certainly did. Yeah. That was that for that. Um, it's a nice pale ale. It's cloudy, um, but doesn't taste as such. And yeah, uh, I'm enjoying it quite great a bit. Beer. It's one of the better ones I had there at that festival. Was it? Because every brewery that was there was pouring a, a, a beer made but with that same hop. Oh, I see. That's right. That's how Roger does it. Okay. I think they did a really nice job. They don't just do it for the the faction event. They do it just, you know, uh, to port their own outlets, and and most of it goes uh, for ALS uh, research. All right. Well, it's a great beer. I just yeah. wanted to point it out. Our yeah, it's really good. Boys over at Cellar Maker are doing a good job. All right. In the meantime, we've got Tom McCormick on the line. And Tom is, uh, you might remember him from the show in the past. Uh, he's the executive director of the California Craft Brewers Association. Tom, you with us? I am. I'm I wish I was there in the studio with you enjoying that beer. (laughs) (laughs) So do we, Tom. It's been a little while since we've seen you. Thanks for being back on the program. Yeah, thanks for having me. So, uh, Tom, of course, uh, working with the California Craft Brewers Association on various things, and uh, upcoming once again is the, it'll be now the second annual California Craft Beer Summit. So the first one was a success, huh, Tom? It was. We had a really good time, and a lot of people came out and showed up, and we had really good feedback, and um, everyone wanted us to do it again, so we're back for year two. 
Excellent. We talked a lot about it. Of course, we were there and, and did some reporting on it and some recording of different things. And, um, you know, the couple of things that, that we mentioned about it is that it really was uh, who's who in the, in the beer industry there uh, in terms of people that you could, could really just run into on the expo floor uh, and uh, around the conference itself and talk to them. You know, beer luminaries really just, just kind of hanging out. Uh, of course, there to do speaking, too, but they all stayed for uh, the expo. Expo and the you know the social events, so that was a lot of fun. And then the second part that we really enjoyed was the beer fest itself that happened at the end on the Capitol Mall, which was just so well done. You guys did such a great job. Great, thank you. We're we're going to do it again, and the beer festival is even bigger than last year, so we're really looking forward to it. I- it, it, it kind of blows my mind that there's even that many California breweries. And we were walking up and down uh, Capitol Mall. And so you're telling me now there's going to be more. I mean, I'm lazy, so I was a little tired walking up. But, you know, I've been to festivals with that many breweries. Not many, by the way. Yeah. But those are usually breweries from multiple states. Yeah. How many breweries are you guys going to have this year, do you think, just from California? Well, we had 150 last year, so we're, we, you know, that we just had a really hard time saying no to everyone that wanted to come out, and yeah. so we're going to have 165 this year. But wow. there's 718 operating craft breweries in California right now, so wow. we had to say no to a lot of people. Oh, really? So do a lot of people heard about it and tried to get involved, and there's just not enough room, huh? Just not enough room, and you know the yeah. I mean, you, there's comes a point where there's probably too many breweries. So we think that 165 is is going to be kind of the cap, and <laughs> yeah. uh, that in itself makes it the the largest beer festival in California. Yeah. And how many blocks long is that, Tom? Uh, well, it's a total of five blocks. Five blocks. God. And they lie. So if you can picture yeah. it, it's like the, the Capitol Mall is this really cool uh, stretch. And so it's five blocks and it's lined on both sides with, with breweries. And the cool thing about that is then there's tons of space just to meander around. And that that's what was really nice about it last year. Uh, a lot of people there, but just a lot of room. Well, then manning the taps were the brewers themselves. They came for the event. Yeah. They brought the beer in because a lot of them drove because it's California, right? Yeah. And so they came, they brought the beer, they poured the beer. I mean, you had great access to the brewers. So, Tom, do you think you'll do some kind of rotation or something to try to get other California brewers in as as the years go on? Yeah, we haven't quite figured that out yet, but yes, we definitely want to rotate, you know, breweries through. The the idea is to represent the entire state, of course. So this year you'll see a much stronger um, regional setup. We kind of tried to do that last year, and we were fairly successful, but we have a a new plan this year. So it'll be very obvious. Um, we'll have it broken up into regions. So, you know, if you want to go try the beers from San Diego, that will be very clearly defined. Everything will be kind of color-coded, co- so that will be easy to find, or, you know, Central Coast, uh, Northern California, et cetera. Um, so we want to keep that geographic diversity going, and, you know, there's a lot of new breweries, obviously, uh, opening up in the state. We have 100 new breweries opening up uh, every year, So, and we really want to embrace the, the new breweries as well as the well-established breweries that everybody knows about so yes we have to figure out a way to to mix it up and and have that variety and diversity okay 
Speaking of all the new breweries that opened up, I talked to Tom uh, before the last show that he was on. He's very nice with his time, and we were talking about the Brewing Network and a brew. You know, should we open a brewery and things like that? And Tom, you know, it was like. You know, it just keeps selling beer like you're doing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> those, actually, those weren't Tom's exact words. Tom, and maybe this is I, – I don't think you'd mind me giving this advice out because I think it's really good advice that people should know. Is Tom really said to me, you know, to, to make it in the marketplace now, it, it's really, really helpful to have a good story. Uh, you know, really just something that sets you apart, which, of course, we do have. Uh, but it's all because we have. It's all we have is a story. <laughs> um, but because we're doing well at other things and the and the marketplace is just so competitive, isn't it, Tom, that you, you just really suggested uh, you're, you're doing fine where you're at right now? Yeah, you know, that was, what, roughly a year ago. And yeah. whew, it's more competitive now, far more competitive now than it was just one year ago. And I love the you know what you guys are doing there i think it's really cool so um but yeah you know you really it's hard to set yourself apart and you really do have to have a story it has to be a real story it has to be an authentic story and um but you know having said that you know just since one year ago there's been a lot of great new breweries open up yep and people still succeeding there is still room to grow and for me it's not that i actually still believe there's plenty of room uh for other breweries and i encourage you folks out there looking to take the plunge to keep thinking about that for me it's more just knowing what you're good at and the sales side of it the competing for tap handles and shelf space is just something that makes me nervous i just you know you really got to know what you're doing and I would encourage new breweries to more than ever. You know, when we started the BN, we would just encourage people to learn how to make great beer. And that's still part of it. Now, though, more than ever, learn about how to get that beer on the shelf and into the tap handles, right? So, yeah, that's the hard part. So is that part of the conference, too? I know that there's a big uh, educational uh, format with the summit. So what can we expect to see with the different uh, talks that you guys have ready to go? Well, that is, you know, that's always been a part of my vision is having this event that is uh, both experiential, where people can really come and experience craft beer, and also educational. So, yes, we're doing, just like last year, we have the tap talks out on the expo floor, and then we also have the more uh, in-depth, detailed uh, educational seminars in the breakout rooms. And so we're doing that again this year, and in fact, Speaking of starting a brewery, we have a specific track on Friday for people that are interested uh, in getting into the industry and possibly starting a brewery. So we have a talk on how to get into the industry, not necessarily just as starting a brewery or opening a brewery, but all the different job opportunities that are out there and available for people that want to get into the craft brewing industry. And then we also have a, a seminar specifically on how to open a brewery. So Excellent. Um, in, addition, in addition to that, of course, we'll have talks for retailers, uh, specific talks for home brewers, and um, just kind of general industry trends and things of that nature as well. That's great. Now, Tommy, you've added the home brewer thread. What, what's, what's your thinking on that? I, I think I, I think I already know the answer to this, but I just want to hear you say what, why you're adding that. Well, I mean, home brewers, it's kind of where we all, kind of, most of us, it's where we came from, and it's very dear to our hearts. And so us in the craft brewing industry just really feel a strong connection to the whole home brewing scene. And so we just, uh, we want to encourage and promote 
home brewing. So we have kind of an introductory uh, session on home brewing, how to how to start, get started in home brewing, and then we have a seminar on advanced home brewers, uh, home brewing, so that those that are doing home brewing can can get their chops down even better and and learn some more. Excellent. Yeah. I By like the it. way, Jamil's doing the advanced home brewing. So. Oh, he is. Oh, wow. Oh, that's perfect. That'll be cool. Yeah. Jamil will be great at that. And just as an example of the the caliber of education, so when I went last year, one of the seminars that I sat in, and we recorded it actually, Mm -hmm. was, uh, and I'm going to forget her name, Tom, but the founder of Three Weavers uh, Brewing Company. Oh, yeah, Alex. Uh Uh-huh, Lynn Lynn Weaver. Lynn, there you go, Lynn. That's what I thought. Yeah, Lynn Weaver. And... So she, what what she did was a presentation about how to finance a brewery and the different oh. ways you can do it. And she was so detailed that she shared her pro forma uh, for her company and the different. I mean, it was it was inval- stuff that you would pay a lot more money to go get in school yeah. to really learn what a brewery did. It was kind of like having a mentor just sit next to you and go. Look, this is every single thing I did. She really laid it out. And then um, I, I think made those materials available to people who bought tickets afterward uh, through the CCBA. So just did a, a killer, killer job. And, and that's the caliber stuff. That's, Tom, that's what I really liked about your event is that you got, it was so well thought out. And I, I do find that sometimes when we go to summits and, and conferences that some of the lectures are, are lacking. They're, you know what they are? They're just sometimes a little too general. And I found that there last year, people were very, very specific answering questions, and that was a, a good change. Well, that's good to hear and good feedback, and we really spent a lot of time uh, sorting through that to make sure that we pair up the right speaker to the right topic and really make sure that they come prepared. And so it's it's a lot of work because we have numerous conference calls and conversations with each one of the speakers ahead of time and but yeah i think it pays off and you know again that's what we're trying to do is really put on a a quality event that really stands out yeah well i think you're doing it i'm I'm, uh, proud of you guys on your second year here folks you can go to californiacraftbeer.com right now and then there'll be a link you can click to get to the summit uh but go to californiacraftbeer.com you can purchase tickets to the summit you can uh, get tickets to just the festival if you want if you didn't want to go to the whole summit you can do it that way um and next week on the show, we're going to be giving away some tickets, right, JP? We're going to give away uh, two actual all passes, all weekend passes. Perfect. So last, uh, what, in June, June, I think June, we gave away two just tickets to the fest. Yep. This is for everything. The it's whole for conference. For all the seminars, yeah. the fest, and everything, yeah. All right. So you can win tickets here at the Brewing Network on next Monday's show. And uh, in the meantime, you can go to CaliforniaCraftBeer.com and buy tickets now. So, Tom, I, I wish you guys luck. It's a great thing you're putting on. Thanks for, for talking to us about it. Thanks for having me, and um, we look forward to seeing you up there at the summit. Absolutely. Hope to see you soon. Thanks, Tom. Okay. Bye-bye. Take care. There you go, Tom McCormick and the Craft Beer Summit. It really is well organized and well done. So if you're wondering about which ones you should go to for education, and and you're not going there to mess around, I'll tell you that. <laughs> right. I mean, you'll have right. fun because in the expo they serve a lot of beer, and you could. But it's it's just really well run that way. That if you if you're kind of serious about growing up and and starting your own thing, or you're already doing your own thing, 
Go check it out. Imagine what the the craft beer scene would be like today if back in like the '90s or early 2000s, people were as free with their information. Right. You know, I remember even even when we were starting the show, people were like, "Oh, you know, I'm not going to talk to you about my business plan or, or how I did the things." Yeah. Uh, but imagine if imagine if they were, and, and now it seems like it would be insane for you to be sharing that information to get other startup breweries into your pool. Yeah. Because it's competition essentially. I know we don't like to talk about it, but it, it sort of is. But yeah. I, I don't know. I, I think it's 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 a it's an incredible place to be right now in the industry. If you're a home brewer and can actually get to this thing. It's really it's, it's really cool. Yeah. You, you have so it. much access to the brewers. Well, like I remember when it was like over at four o'clock, like on the, or it was, when it, it was like the seminars and everything were over. Then it was the period like before the festival started, right? Yeah. So I just go. So I grabbed. Uh, I'll just say Mitch and Matt. We went and had beers and dinner. For the, I mean, they're just available. They're just around. Everybody's just around. I know. Yeah. yeah. It's great. And that's, that's, it really was a standout thing for that. Yeah. The other thing, though, to, to your point, JP, yeah. the California Craft Brewers Association has been really proactive about education and, and helping like this for years. Yeah. I just didn't know about it. When I met Tom before this show, and we got to – first of all, he really was excited about what we do here. So he was really kind of just enthusiastic, and we got to talking. And his main thing was like, how do I not know about you guys? (laughs) And I said the same thing to him. To be honest, I was like, how do I not know about you? And he was readily uh, discussing resources for me about different sponsorship opportunities and, um, like, uh, you know, people that they work with and that we could work with and just – ways to grow this thing there i guess what i'm saying is they've been giving out this information for years we just didn't know about it and i wonder if a lot of california brewers starting up don't know about what a great resource to california craft brewers association sure. is too. Yeah. yeah i ended up having so many follow-up calls with him and his team about different aspects that we could be doing to work together that i was like how do these these people are like not Treating us like the redheaded stepchildren. They're ready to give out resources. We're used to that. I was like, this is, this is really strange. Tom yeah. must have, I don't know if it's the hop grenade making us look better or yeah. something, but I was like, this is odd. Yeah. Well, you're but pushing the CC- in the same direction, but you're advancing California craft. We are. And but he recognizes that's their, that for some reason. He does. He's but, one of the only ones. It's funny, but I guess what I'm saying is that's the CCBA's mission. Yeah. And if you're a small, if you're a brewer in California and you're not connected with them, you're missing out on something huge. And I, I felt a little dumb that I'd been missing out on it all these years, too. So check out the CCBA. Uh, that's that's from my heart. And then check out the Craft Brewers Conference. That's me giving you good advice uh, because it's it's fun. Even if you just go to the beer fest. Yeah. God yeah. damn it, that beer fest was cool. Yeah. So anything on, on Capitol Mall with 165 <laughs> yeah, breweries? Know, good Lord. Right. I mean, here's what I, if, all right, JP, if I sent you to that festival. No, I'll go. Here's what I would expect. Just the fact, okay. not, the, not the whole comment. Yeah, yeah. That you can't come back and complain about a single beer. Because okay. there's so many great, so many California breweries yeah, that yeah. if you can't find just nothing but great beers to talk about, yeah. it, it's on you. Okay. Like, right? Because there's just too much good beer. Let's try it. And so you Let's prove this theory. Send you the thing. All right. Go over the day. All and right. you have to, not one negative review. Okay. Uh, and maybe we have to, like, give a, because like, then you come back, give one review. <laughs> yeah. The, the <laughs> pale ale was not as bitter as I thought. <laughs> right. No, we'll give you, like, 
like a specific number of beers you have to find okay. that you give nothing but positive reviews about. How can you not with 165 California breweries? Yeah. I think it would be great to, to keep it under a time limit, too. Because I think that would really showcase how much great beer there is. Like if you okay, go, yeah. you need to try 15 beers in under an hour. And there, there's some sort of ratio of he good don't. beer to, to bad beer. <laughs> he drunk. Yeah. All right, so Bevo's driving you, <laughs> and you're going to the festival. Who's right. going to help him walk around? That's the biggest <laughs> yeah. thing. I'll get one of those uh, segways, man. Oh, yeah, you yes. How about will, you have to start? I am almost willing to rent you that yeah. just oh, yeah. now for the photo opportunity. The segway guy. So there's a, there's a uh, in, in uh, Disney World in Epcot, and there's a thing called the World Showcase where they have a bunch of uh, different areas. Trust me, this is beer related. Yeah, uh, a d- bunch of different areas <laughs> from time. the world. Like, yeah, I've been there, China and wherever. The fuck, yeah. right. And there's a thing called drinking around the world. Yeah, yeah. So on on ears up on my Disney podcast, it's amazing. Uh, there's a guy who wrote in. And he was like, the the only way to do that is to rent a lark. Is to rent an electric scooter and you drink. You can. That's the only way you can actually. So oh, the drink of the wor- it's around so, the world is start far away. Start from A yeah. and you go all the way around and yeah. you drink. You you you, you drink an alcoholic beverage in every pavilion, every yeah. world pavilion. So is it the distance or the alcohol consumption? It's, it's both because oh. it's a it's a giant area. It's a yeah. giant. Yeah, it, it takes a while to walk around. If, so People with kids, it's yeah. tougher because you're dragging the kids. It, oh, okay. it probably takes 45 minutes to walk just without stopping, and oh. it's hot and whatever. So I feel like that would translate well with this beer fest. Yeah. Five yeah, blocks, know. 165 yeah. I think I did like a block and a half. <laughs> I did one block. Then I crossed over and like did a half of a block. I tell you, so I need over. to rent two segways. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. If there's a hotel in the middle of that, they're going to be making tons of cash. <laughs> yeah. How about a Surrey? You know, yeah, you get somebody you to take them around. <laughs> oh, that see that might be. But I'm trying to figure out what they, they're going to allow in. I feel like on the Segway we can be like, well, he doesn't have a thyroid. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Like, yeah, whatever like, medical condition we can come check up with. Check his scar. <laughs> yeah. So he need. They're like, how do you argue with that? Yeah. Like, why do you need this, sir? I'm, I don't. I don't have a thyroid. It's like arguing with the therapy. Dog. Well, and then if, and then if he keeps going, you'd be like, I'm a cancer survivor. Listen, I'm a, oh, but say it really loudly. Yeah, where's yeah. something pink? I do not even have a thyroid, yeah. sir. How many glands do you have? You don't even know, do yeah. you? No, don't even mention glands because most people don't even know what a thyroid <laughs> is, true, right? Yeah. Like whatever security guard there is going to be like, oh, that sounds. I'm only serious. excited because I don't have a thyroid. <laughs> I'm just going off. Yeah, right? I wouldn't be so excitable right now if I had a fucking thyroid. Yeah, unchecked rage. <laughs> rage. <laughs> uh, okay, well we have oh, to, we have to try this, uh, segue. All, oh, we can do a little all the, the cloudy screen. IPAs. <laughs> no, no, because I wanted to come back positive. <laughs> or you said just one. Yeah. Uh, if it is, all right. So we'll give you, you have to come back with X number of positive beers and yeah. one positive cloudy IPA review, too. Okay, I'll yeah, do it. Something. I'll do it. Um, all right. Uh, once again, go check it out at CaliforniaCraftBeer.com. It's a. Uh, it's a good summit. All right, let's do this. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, we've got Pelican Brewing Company in the studio with us and on the phone, and we're going to learn all about Pelican beer. Hang in there. It's the session. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Brewcasters. The Brewcasters on the Brewing Network.
Are you looking for a simple brewing system that's great for all grain brewing, but everything on the market seems to be full of compromises? Blickman Engineering has the answer. The Blickman Brew Easy All Grain Brewing System. The Brew Easy is a complete system with easy upgrades and a beautiful compact design, perfect for any size brewing location. At its core, the Brew Easy is built on two gorgeous Blickman Boilermaker brew kettles, a high temperature March pump, and either a top tier gas burner or the new boil coil electric heater. The Brew Easy adapter lid allows the pots to stack on top of each other, forming an efficient, strong, and compact brewing setup that comes in 5, 10, and 20-gallon batch sizes. Upgrade your BrewEasy system with full automated control by adding a Blickman Tower of Power temp controller and make moving around easy with the Blickman Kettle Cart. The BrewEasy is modular. If you already own a Boilermaker kettle, you can build your BrewEasy by purchasing just the modules you need. The new BrewEasy all-grain brewing system. See it today at BlickmanEngineering.com and brew with Blickman quality on your new BrewEasy. Do you know the three most important rules in brewing? Sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And Five Star knows how to clean, too. For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer-spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, star sand, Santa Clean, lubricants and defoamers, pH stabilizers, and more. Five Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses, and valves. And Five Star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you you have a cleaning problem, you need the five star solution. Visit fivestarchemicals.com or call 800 782 7019. 800 782 7019 and get the five star treatment today. That's it. I've had it. I am never putting hops in my beer again. What? Why? It's just too ridiculous. Insane prices, stupid contracts, high shipping costs, crappy selection. Dude, you need Nico Brew. Nico Brew will rock your f***ing face right the f*** off your f***ing skull. $5 shipping to all 50 states, plus fantastic international rates get you low prices on Nico Brew's great selection of hops and more. Whether you're a home brewer, a pro brewer, or a homebrew shop owner, Nico Brew can get you the hops you need in increments big and small, single orders, spot buys, or full contracts. And there's only one place to join the uber-special secret elite bare-bones club where you'll get the best deals anywhere. Holy shit! NicoBrew.com N-I-K-O-B-R-E-W Nico Brew, your bare-bones buddy in the brewing business. If you work in retail sales, the restaurant industry, or are a new craft beer enthusiast, or you know someone who is, you have got to check out Beer 101. Beer 101 is an online course created for anyone wanting a quick introduction to the vast world of craft beer. Beer 101 covers the history of beer, brewing ingredients and processes, vital stats like ABV, SRM, IBU and gravity, styles, tasting, glassware, and pairing beer with food. The Beer 101 course is offered by the 
Brewers Association at craftbeer.com. Also home to the truly awesome Beer Style Finder, a visual guide to every beer style. Quickly play with color, bitterness, and alcohol content to interactively explore the entire world of beer styles with a gorgeously designed interface to your favorite beverage. The new Beer 101 course and new Beer Style Finder are only available at craftbeer.com. Craftbeer.com, celebrating the best of American beer. Williams Brewing is your online resource for prompt delivery of quality home brewing supplies. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and the freshest ingredients, backed by the best customer service in the business. Do you like to mash using efficient fly sparging, but would like an easy way to heat your strike and sparge water? Enter the new Brewer's Edge Electric Mash Water Heater, a plug-in, anywhere, precisely controlled heater for strike and sparge water. Ditch the fumes and second burner and make mashing easy. Go to williamsbrewing.com today and browse their vast selection. That's williamsbrewing.com. Orders placed by 4 p.m. Pacific time weekdays ship the same day. Brewing is easy the Williams way. show and thanks so much for hanging out with us hey don't forget that the american home brewers association is here to help you home brewers and you can sign up through the bn website by clicking the aha link right there on our homepage. and you know we've been telling you for a couple weeks we just want to remind you again about the amazing member deals that you get through the aha so you buy your membership and you can pretty much get it back in member deals member deals of course are uh, discounts at well over 1400 participating breweries pubs beer bars homebrew supply shops uh, and there's even a handy deal finder uh, and map on homebrewersassociation.org so the hop grenade here in concord for example will give you a discount if you pull out your aha card and i know that our sponsor more beer uh, will give you a discount and there's so many uh, you can just go on to homebrewersassociation.org and check it out and get your uh, you get your mem- membership back in in deals right tazy you yes, carry yes, you've yes, been yes. carrying your card with you for years it's a yeah, card it's carrying great. well the number one for me is the, uh, you get into the member session at the gabf uh, Oh, yeah. Get a party for those. That's worth its weight. Right they'll, they'll sell out the same day they go on sale. Now they do. At least you got a yeah. shot at it. You get a shot. All right. So go check them out by clicking the AHA link right there on the Brewing Network homepage. It's on the right side. All right. In the meantime, we've got uh, Pelican Brewing Company in the studio with us, which I'm really excited about. I was at the brewery years ago on a, on a trip through Oregon. I was actually going all the way to Vancouver and back in my little Volkswagen bus and uh, had had a bunch of Frenchies with me, uh, people, uh, uh, beer fans from from Paris, and you know they were kind of mapping the place out actually, and they they heard about Pelican and said we we got to go see this brewery. It's right on the ocean. We heard about, and so we drove over there, had lunch, checked it out, and like I said at the beginning of the show. Man, is it right on the ocean. If you go to their website right now, you'll see a picture of it just right when you log in there. So it's uh, – oh, I I found a different website actually. Yourlittlebeachtown.com. Is that the Pelican website or just – Yes. Oh, that is it. Oh, hang on. Hang on, Ryan. There you go. 
Uh, yeah, no, yeah, that, that's the website. We oh, have okay. uh, um, other interests. Uh, we're we're in the hotel business as well. And, oh, cool. And that's a shot from a hotel looking over the brew pub. And oh yeah. man, no, I it's think- <laughs> uh, feet in the sand overlooking the ocean. It's a beautiful spot. It's so cool. All right, and then uh, also on the phone with us, we've got Darren Welch, uh, who is a brewmaster and one of the owners at Pelican. You with us, Darren? Oh, did I lose him? Looks like I did. And we're just talking about how professional we are. I know. Well, he, <laughs> it probably isn't my fault. I bet Darren got tired of listening to Weezer at the break and was like, "Yeah, I'll, I'll just be back." Can you? I'll just actually I'll just... get tired of Weezer. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you can. He's like, "I'll just be back when Weezer's not playing." <laughs> Ween's coming around. I got tickets. Oh, I bet you Darren. Do. Hey, Darren. It's Justin from the Brewing Network. Hello, Justin. Did you get tired of listening to Weezer and just hung up the phone? Yeah, it sounded like somebody's butt dial. I kept saying, hello, hello, is anybody there? <laughs> now, Bebo, didn't you tell him that that's how it works? Like, we just call you and, yeah, okay. No problem. Uh, sorry that we confused you there, but we're here with Ryan now, and we were just talking about, uh, we, we started with the real estate, because you guys have the best location in brewing, man. Totally. Um, which which might be why you started in 96 and have never left. That, that sound about right, Darren? We uh, Yeah, we opened in 1996. And you've never, I mean, so you're one of the owners as well. Is that true? That's true, yes. Okay. Because at first I was thinking, a lot of times when we talk to brewers, you know, one of the questions we always ask ahead of time when we ask a brewmaster is, where else have you brewed? And and Darren's answer was, oh, I've been here since 96. And then my first thought always is like, God, well, well, why? They must be doing something right. Brewers move <laughs> all the time, right? And so then we thought, he's just there because the beach location is so damn good. Uh, but then, of course, we found out you're an owner, so you got two good reasons to stay. <laughs> so, uh, are you from Oregon, Darren? Yeah, I'm originally from Oregon, but not. Uh, I didn't grow up on the coast. I, I grew up in the Eugene area. Okay. And uh, I had the opportunity to sign on with Pelican when it was really in the planning stages. Um, so, yeah, I started as an employee, but later on had the opportunity to join in. Uh, part of the ownership. Oh, that's great. That's a, that's always nice to hear too. So you can really become invested in company and and stick around. Um, do you how how far away from the brewery do you live now? We were joking uh, at the beginning of the show, just talking about how nice the location is. That if you're like a bike ride away from the brewery, I just would never leave that job or location. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm about ten miles south of the Pacific mm. City Brewery. Okay. And it's about 35 miles up to the Tillamook Brewery. Got it. Okay. And set the odometer for Cannon Beach because that's that's a little bit of a haul. (laughs) (laughs) So you have three different locations now, then? Yes, we do. And how long has that been? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. So Pacific City is our original brew pub, which, uh, as we just mentioned, uh, opened in 1996. Okay. And uh, in 2013... Uh, after searching really for a couple of years, um, we finally and successfully opened the facility in Tillamook because um, we really needed uh, we needed more space than Pacific City could provide uh, to run a, a you know a small production brewery. And uh, production brewery has gotten bigger, so that's a good thing because if it was getting smaller, then nobody's buying our stuff. So that's 
that's always bad for business. Of course. Well, good for us because we have your beer here today. We yeah. do. <laughs> yeah, so the expansion, the expansion is good for us, and it makes me wonder what the plan was when you started. Uh, were you guys just going to be a, a kind of a local brew pub and, of course, a tourist destination because it's such a cool spot? Or did you always know that you might have a production facility and expand a little bit? Well, we we always had uh, uh, we always had the ambition to grow, and um, with the the rest of the ownership um, having so many different projects, um, that didn't happen necessarily uh, according to some giant master plan. But okay, yeah, you know, it was always it was always. For many years, we wanted to, you know, just be a brew pub and, and be the best darn brew pub that we could be. Yeah. Um, and then we wanted to be a bigger brew pub, so we uh, we got to the point where we were uh, producing more for off-site sales than on-site sales. And, you know, at that point, it doesn't, at least for operationally, it doesn't feel quite as brew pub-y. Sure. Um, but it... It got to the point um, once we started self-distributing that that we were just going to run out of physical space and capacity. And you know, Pacific City is a a small beachside town. Um, fishing and tourism are kind of a two of the big things that we do there. Um, and there's not a lot of um, commercial light industrial type real estate so okay that that really kind of ruled out major plant in pacific city and um in the wastewater uh capacity in the town of pacific city is is somewhat limited as well so that was another big limiting factor but that's a good point so we've got lots of lots of fresh water and got lots of capacity to take our wastewater and uh, real business-friendly environment up there and great location, um, lots of space. Well, you can only do so much in a uh, brew pub as far as the cooperage. So I'm sure you out, you outgrew that pretty quick, right, in terms of making more beer in a place to you know store it while you uh, ship it elsewhere in the state. Yeah. Um, I, I don't, my experience has been no matter what size brewery you have, there's always a shortage of cooperage and yeah. cold storage. Okay. No matter how ludicrously large you yeah. plan it to be, yeah. that seems no. to be universal. Yeah. Uh, all of my colleagues, larger than us, smaller than us, everybody, you know, we all complain about our brewery floors, hmm. not enough cold storage. And where do all the cakes go? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> right. Why am I buying cakes all the time? <laughs> what size is the original brewery? Uh, the original brewery is a 15-barrel system. Okay. And what we put into Tillamook was a 30-barrel system. Uh, three years ago, it was a three-vessel uh, brew house, so it had a little more throughput than a two-vessel brew pub system. And then earlier this year, just a few months ago, actually, in, in uh, June... We completed a, a set of major upgrades to that brew house, and it's now a five-vessel brew house. So the throughput, um, you know, is quite a bit higher. Um, we can be putting the batch out every three hours instead of every five hours. Mm. So it, wow, Not bad. It's, and ultimately, we we hope to 
save a little time off of that and be able to knock out a batch um, about every two hours. Well, uh, wow. it's a work in progress, but that's the goal. So can you explain to me and our listeners what a five-vessel system means? Is, does that mean there are two mash tons? I just I, What I do understand is it means you, you can just kind of keep on brewing. You, you move from vessel to vessel. Right. You don't have to, but could you so, go a little more? Yeah. So in, in our five-vessel system, uh, we have a separate mash ton. Um, and once the conversion stand is over, and we've mashed off, we can transfer to the louder ton, uh, which is where we uh, separate the grain from the uh, soluble solids, i.e. malt sugar. Okay. Um, and then we, for the first batch of the day, we'll collect work to the kettle, and then from the kettle, after it's done boiling, we'll go to the whirlpool. Once that first batch is through or is started, um, by the time the second batch is ready to start running off, you're still boiling wort in the kettle. Mm-hmm. Got it. And so we have a wort receiver, uh, which is our old whirlpool, which is uh, we've, we're in the process of retrofitting that with an external uh, shell and tube heat exchanger so that we can collect wort into the wort receiver, bring it close to a boil, and then once the kettle's empty, pump it all over there in short order, and bring it to a boil. Got it. So you're preheating it. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. That's a right. nice, that's, that's a good efficient, idea. yeah. Yeah, that's clever. Well, the pinch point is the kettle, because it's a 90-minute boil, Yeah, but it's really expensive, and, and you don't want to, you know, you have to have a lot of energy to run two boilers, uh, two uh, kettles at one time. Yeah. So you just maximize everything else. It's a great idea, and I don't. And of the systems we've talked about in here, I don't think I've he- I've heard from a brewery come in and say, "Yeah, we we preheat the wort, so we're yeah. almost there by the time we get in." Yeah. Uh, it's a good idea. Now you mentioned a, a lauder ton and a uh, I'm sorry, a, a mash ton and a lauder ton. Uh, is yeah. a mash ton often called a, a mash mixer? It's all. It can also be called a mash. Mixer. Okay, fine. And then, okay, I understand. So then, uh, yeah, that's where you just like make sure everything's. Continuous. Are those typically temperature controlled, or is that just all like strength water? Mm-hmm. It is temperature. Uh, typically, those are temperature controlled, uh-huh. um, and you can run them a variety of different ways. You can do uh, full step mashes. Um, oh. You could, uh, I guess, if you figured it out correctly, you could plumb it so that you could do decoction mashing if you wanted to. But. <laughs> Um, that's, uh, it's overrated. That's something, that's something cool nah. to talk about. Yeah. It's, it's actually not all that cool if you're the brewer, right? <laughs> and the, and the drinkers don't know shit. So anyway, so. we're in a we're in a small town on on rural coastal Oregon, and employee retention is high on my list of priorities. So, yeah, yeah, telling the graveyard brewer, oh, by the way, you're going to do a, a three. Decoction on this one. Uh, you have to say you did it happen. one time at least. Yeah, uh, we did this as a special <laughs> thing. And, yeah, right. Uh, I yep. don't, <laughs> That's and a I smart. Spend a lot of extra time and money and energy. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, let's talk about a beer that's in our glass. Since we're talking about your brewery, we've got the your uh, cream ale in our glass, which is Ryan. What's Kowanda. the Kowanda? That's right. Uh, we've got it on tap here at the Hop Grenade and in our glass in the studio. So, tell us about this beer. So, Kowanda is uh, our flagship beer. And it was originally conceived 
that very first year that we were open as a summer seasonal. And what I was doing with this beer was um, imagining what beers would have been like 100-plus years ago before Prohibition um, and just thinking about uh, these waves of immigration that, that kind of populated not only our country but also the ranks of brewers. Uh, so in the in the earliest waves, we had largely British Isles immigrants, and the breweries that, that those guys founded were making primarily ales. Uh, and then, you know, you move forward to the middle of the 19th century, and you see a lot of immigration from other parts of Europe, especially Central Europe, Germans, Czechs, Austrians, um, really kind of from the, the lager brew brewing, uh, lager beer brewing part of Europe. Yeah. And... So they brought with them the the knowledge, know-how, and, and interest in lager beers. So you had all these lager breweries starting up. Mm. Well, the older brewers started feeling a little competitive pinch and um, decided, well, we need, to, we need to make something to compete. And so they took uh, what was essentially raw materials and, and lifted a few process chips from the lager guys, we're essentially making ale-fermented pilsners, and they added mechanical refrigeration uh, for a lagering step, and all of a sudden this new hybrid beer style was created, um, which they called cream ale because it was lighter in color and less bitter than the stock ales that they had previously been producing at their main product. So... In the early days of, of Pelican, I was kind of thinking about lighter-colored beers, and, you know, in the mid-'90s, it was all about wheat beers, and, you know, we had one, too, but never really interested in the Me Too kind of stuff. So I was thinking about what can we do that's different, that has some great flavor attributes, that has a, a little bit of a story behind it, and kind of reimagine what those pre-prohibition cream ales would have been like, and... Kalanda was born, and uh, the second summer we had it on as a seasonal, it hugely outsold side-by-side uh, side the um, the unfiltered wheat beer that we had been doing, and that was the uh, that was the ticket, um, yeah. and the wheat beer went away, and <laughs> Kalanda went into the full-time lineup, and I was, uh, I was very happy about that, and <laughs> continue to be happy, because it's, uh, it's a great beer. It is a great beer, and so you've been you've been doing this longer than me, but I, I do feel like also this it's a great beer on its own, but also this type of beer is now coming back into favor, I think, where people are looking at lager type beers again and and flavorful like this. And what I really like about yours, it, you know, in in the past, I've been a little turned off by cream ales just kind of because of a lack of flavor. But yours um more like a pre pre prohibition ale has some of the uh, I don't know if you use corn in it, but it has some of those like corn flavors and some of the more robust pilsner flavors that I'd be looking for in a cream ale, so that it doesn't just taste like a bland blonde ale. That, that's what bothers me yeah. about craft breweries who put out a cream ale totally. that tastes more like a bland blonde ale. Right? Yep. This is not bland at all. It has uh, so much more complexity to it, and it has it has a lot of mouthfeel in there for you know a, a blonde ale. I, I, you're right. I've I've had cream ales that taste more like a blonde ale. They're kind yeah. of thin. 
kind of yeah. watery. Yeah. Uh, and there's not a whole lot there in your mid in your mid palate. Well, then this has a story behind it about the pre-prohibition thing. Yeah, of and course. It, it kind of gives it that backstory. Yeah. It's kind of nice. And so when people oh, they see a nice light beer like this and they get something with more flavor, uh, more mouthfeel, it's, it's, it's a bit thicker of a beer. Yeah. And they're not so put off by it because they kind of like the cool story. Yep. And it's a great beer. I get a, a like a tiny, like a very subtle uh, pepper note in there to add some complexity to it. And I just, unfortunately, those other beers give cream ale such a bad name. Mm. <laughs> this is such. Well, a, I do shy away when I see cream ale. Right. Like, this nah. is such a great representative. Yeah. Um, can you tell us more about the malt bill or anything? Because it is more complex sure. than we're used to. Well, uh, being a pre-prohibition style, yeah. uh, the way I was thinking about that designing the beer is that a lot of the uh, Pilsners, um, right after brewers came over, they would have been brewing largely all malt um, with minimal adjunct because they were coming out of the uh, Germanic and the Czech traditions. Yeah. Um, and so adjunct is is pretty much uh, verboten, if you'll excuse my German there. <laughs> That's fine. Um, and, and so <laughs> this beer was designed with with uh, standard American two-row. Um, again, kind of hearkening back to, you know, these guys come over, these guys come overseas. Um, it's a new environment. They're making these beers. The, the ale brewers have to adapt, so they're using similar raw materials, uh, but they're not, you know, they're not importing uh, boatloads of German Pilsner malt. They're using what's available, hmm. and so with that spirit in mind, you know, I'm using the the two row, the standard uh, West Coast two row that that so many of us brew with, um, and it's a it's a fine malt. Um, and I think a lot of people sort of give it short shrift because, because you know, they're doing other things with it rather than just letting the malt flavor come through because it does have a uh, has some a real nice malt flavor to it. Yeah, we use uh, flaked barley as our adjunct instead of uh, instead of flaked corn. Okay, um, and I I like to use the flaked barley because. It um, it helps dry out the finish, but not at the expense of foam stability or texture in in the mouth. So it it actually tends to build up the body a little bit rather than thin out the body. But it does also help with attenuation, uh, a little bit of dryness in the finish. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then you mentioned uh, uh, a background black pepper note um and i have to compliment you on that because uh that's one of the tertiary flavor notes that that people often get from mount hood hops and ah. this is a single hop beer okay oh look nice you. look at you look at me yes it doesn't happen often <laughs> yeah. uh, but when it does <laughs> Yeah. He can find strip clubs, and he knows pepper. <laughs> That's and I know. Yeah, those are the two things I know, Darren: strippers and pepper. Because that could have gone so the other way. <laughs> well, it, it would have gone. 
But are you kidding me? But You're for one, that? it was I, I was saying it really as a compliment, and that's why no, I was also no. careful to say how subtle it is because yeah. I oh, didn't yeah. want to say because imagine a, a, um, a cream ale that tastes like a bunch of pepper. Yeah, right. That's not what I was trying to. Yeah. It just was a just tiny yeah, note of it. That's very subtle. I, I knew it was in there because when I smelled it, I started sneezing. So I feel like, <laughs> right. but it's from the hops, Darren. That's interesting. Yep. Okay. So the, the Mountain Hood hops give. You know the the big note from Mountain Hood hops is that big floral uh, aroma and flavor. Yep. And then, as you layer down in the flavor attributes of Mountain Hood hops, um, mm. you can often get really subtle notes of, of black pepper. Okay. And you know, I personally select all the hops that Pelican brews with. So I have very specific things that I'm looking for when I'm rubbing raw hops at uh, hop selections, which are, in fact, coming up pretty soon here. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you still enjoy that after uh, 20 years in the business? Yeah, hop selections are always kind of a highlight of the year. I bet. Yeah, that would... to think about <laughs> everything we're going to brew next year. How many different beers do you brew a year? Um, Ish, you know. I can't. I can't honestly answer that for you. Okay. <laughs> um, we have we have four uh, seasonals that rotate. Um, let's see. I have to count them off. I think we've got five year-round beers, maybe six now. Okay. Uh, nice. I'm an, and then we've got uh, we have draft-only small batch stuff that comes out of the brew pubs, um, and we usually have at least a couple per month. Um, from Pacific City, and once we get the Cannon Beach Brewery fully operational, we'll have at least one or two out of that place too. Uh, so the uh, it'll be it'll be several dozen per year. Okay, no. R- Ryan, I'm curious from you from the sales side how the Kawanda still does in in the portfolio. And of course, you know I ask because anything with the, with the IPA next to it is the best selling beer in the world. Now everyone wants. Uh, something hoppy like that. I do think, like I mentioned, people are changing a little bit. But how is this beer doing for you guys still after these years? You know, it's our it's our flagship. Still, you know, we yeah. sell more Kiwana wow. Cream than than any other you do. <clears throat> beer in our portfolio, and, and we have it. a f- fantastic IPA we'll be tasting here in a little bit. Um, the nice piece for us is, you know, we we get a lead with a cream ale as our flagship. That is, you cool. know, um, you know, the IPA category obviously is king and continues to grow. Yeah. Um, but at some point, you know that that bubble might burst, and yeah, of and, course, and all of our eggs aren't in that basket. And, <laughs> and we we feel like you know with Quanta Cream, um, we have a chance to really you know redefine that category and really own that core category. Yeah. And so when someone thinks about a cream ale, um, they'll think about Quanta specifically. So yeah. that's and that's kind of why I was saying about the other cream ales. My first thought is it's unfortunate for for you guys that other cream ales are sort of failing and making us maybe not order one. But from your perspective, maybe it's fortunate that you can show people again what what it's supposed to be like. You know, Darren will um, attest to this. I, I I begged him for my first two years on the job to change the name. Oh, you um, did from a, from a cream ale. Um, but now I'm now I get it. Yeah. and fully on board and, and wouldn't have it any other way. So, yeah, yeah. Um, totally understand what you're saying about the rest of the market. But um, you know, over the last year, um, we've seen more. Um, 
big breweries in Oregon, you know, the Bridgeports of the world or the Full Sails of the world. Um, even Deschutes has a, a cream ale that they're dabbling in. So more people are dabbling in that category, which ultimately brings more awareness to the category and yeah. will hopefully uh, allow people to find Kwanda and, and uh, you know, taste the difference. Well, if they, take, if they taste like this, I welcome it, them back. It's definitely a difference. Yeah. Now, Darren, you mentioned that uh, they couldn't bring the grains with them when they came uh, to this country. What yeast did they bring? What, did you, uh, what yeast would you use to make this cream ale? Uh, we use 1056. Okay. So, um, clean ale yeast um, that gives lager-like flavors, which, you know, for these ale guys, uh, that's what they were trying to do. They were trying to emulate uh, elements of the lager profile, specifically yeah. Pilsners. Mm-hmm. And so the, the original cream ales were fermented using their, their ale yeast, and then they would... Uh, after primary, they'd rack them into cold conditioning and uh, age them like uh, like a lager beer. So very nice. Uh, what about your hop schedule? You've gotten a lot of things out of the mountain hood here. You've gotten bitterness. You've gotten some peppery stuff, and you've got a lot of floral. And so, mm-hmm. how are you doing that? Uh, we have one dose of hops at Whirlpool. Oh, big one! Oh, no kidding! Nice. One dose of hops. Was it always and that way, or did I you sort of change to that? Nope. It what? It's been that way for uh, <laughs> almost 20 years. Okay. You were, you were hop bursting to... 20 years ago? That a boy. You're the man, Darren. <laughs> he is the man. <laughs> awesome. So tell us about that, why you chose to do that and what it does. Well, I think, it, like, batch number one, batch number two, I did put a really small bittering dose in. Yeah, I think most people. And the beer came out. It came out a little too bitter, and I felt like it just didn't add very much with the with the large whirlpool addition that I was putting in. Um, and so, you know, over the course of the first um, few batches, I just whittled that away until it was nothing. And lo and behold, mm-hmm. we were still getting twenty five IBUs, hmm. and we were getting the floral aroma that that I wanted um, and getting plenty of hop flavor um, because, of course, hop flavor is largely a product of the hop aroma. Mm -hmm. Um, So we were getting, we were getting a lot of isomerization and uh, bitterness units just from a whirlpool addition. So very early on that, that became the, uh, the standard operating procedure for this beer. And I can't tell you how many times over the years I've had, you know, enthusiastic home brewer call me up, send me an email, whatever, wanting to know how can I, how can I make some Kiwanda cream ale at home? So I'll tell these home brewers, this is how you do it. Yeah. And I, and then they, they say, no, that's not what you do. <laughs> yeah, you're messing with us. Yeah. You're, you're lying to me because you don't want to tell me your real secret. Right. Well, yeah. It's, it's, uh, you know, <laughs> it's actually not a secret. I've been talking about it for 20 years, and you know, people just choose not to believe me. But that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> that is okay. Well, but now people are doing that with all sorts of beers, right? In fact, the, the Session IPA you know, thing that's happening now. It's like uh, American pale ale, I think has moved that direction where everyone's just putting it all in the end. Um, although still using some bittering additions, I think. Yeah, yeah I think you typically. have to. Well, yeah. are you, uh, but Darren didn't on this. So. Are you finding that you're, you're having to 
Well, you've probably you've been doing it for so long that uh, most home brewers are really kind of uh, hesitant about throwing in a a lot of hops at the end. I've done a it, lot of money. I've done exactly. Oh, I've see, done yeah. I've done it before, just an experiment, and mm-hmm. it turned out great. Yeah, uh, but when you just you've got this huge. Little amount of hops. Your hop bill you better than your green bill. You just got to throw this thing in there. <laughs> um, you're a little hesitant. Yeah, a little nerve wracking. So, well, it, it helps in a commercial brewery to have a whirlpool designed to to work correctly, oh. and to have you know a nice big plate and frame heat exchanger to cool off your work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, those are two important things that are often really hard to replicate home brewing. Yeah, and you know when you when it takes an hour to cool off your wort, um, they're not you're not really getting positive flavor changes while that hot wort sits around for an hour. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. actually cooling off. A lot of home brewers, um, it's overnight and things like that. Even yeah, that, that eliminates whirlpool hopping. I think so. That's a good point, Darren. So getting it you know cooled down fast so it's not sitting there is one of the keys. Yeah, and everything all the volatiles don't go away. Okay. So what do you think the maximum would be, Darren? Like 30 minutes, or could you go 45? Uh, when do you think uh, the diminishing... Maximum for what? The, the Whirlpool knockout. Uh, what would be too long? You think over 30 minutes or over 45 minutes? Or Well, we, we target 20-minute uh, knockouts 20 at, at Pelican. And that's on a 30-barrel? Or a till, uh, Yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. That's a lot of heat. Yeah. Wow, yeah. got a big heat. And on, on, some, on some of the bigger beers... That'll stretch to maybe a thirty-minute knock. Wow! You must have a dual. Okay. Do you have a dual stage chilling? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was asking. Do you have a dual stage chilling? Do you have like cold liquor tank and uh, a glycol uh, cooler? No, we just have a cold liquor tank, and we run our cold liquor at um, thirty-five degrees, and that's plenty of cooling power for a thirty-barrel batch. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, we've got another beer in our glass I'd like to talk about, too, so we don't run out of time. We've got, we got four beers we want to make sure we get to today. So um, in our glass right now, we also have the Tsunami Stout on Nitro here at the at the Hot Grenade. I don't, is it always on Nitro, or is that just uh, what we got? Our standard That's version is... Okay, cool. Hey, thanks for that. Yeah, go ahead, Ryan. So it's oh, no, st- there's yep. two different versions. <laughs> you made that of no, standard we, uh, version is what is we have the regular tsunami stout, which okay. is uh, in our core lineup in 22 ounce bottles, um, and then we do a special nitro version of that as well. Cool. All right, so we uh, have the special version, Darren, uh, in my glass. Also, a fantastic tasting beer. Tell us about this one. Well, tsunami stout is actually one of the beers that we opened the brewery with. Um, so it's it's even more ancient to the lineage than Kawanda Cream Ale. <laughs> okay, um, nice. as it well, were. Great. <laughs> Just like tasty. So yeah, it was designed as a, as a foreign style stout. Um, you know, as an enthusiastic uh, home brewer and beer aficionado way back in the day, uh, if you wanted a tasty stout, there was largely one choice. Uh, and it came from Ireland, and I always enjoyed the the stronger bottled version of Guinness. And hmm. um, me too. I wanted to create something like that, but uh, you know, showing showing off uh, our own sensibilities, um, 
and our own raw materials. So uh, Tsunami Stout was uh, was designed as a as a foreign style stout, um, and we use um, three different roasted grains in that okay. in order to really create that depth of uh, complexity in the roast profile. It is deep, man. Uh, we use it is we and use quite a bit of uh, flaked barley to really enhance the viscosity and the foam stability of the beer. Um, and then we use uh, magnum and Willamette hops um, to give just a just a hint of Northwest flavor there. Okay. There's uh, my eyes are crossed here. Uh, <laughs> Go ahead. It does, it's got all this flavor, but I don't get all that alcohol. What, what's, yeah, what's, yeah. What's the ABV in this beer, Darren? That's about seven percent. It's so drinkable. Yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. Nice. all the flavor of the Russian Imperial Stout. All that overhead without the yeah. the beating you down yeah, like with the alcohol. When you're done, thing. that's true. And there's is, you're done. the alcoholic beatdown will happen later. Okay, good. <laughs> well, look, I, I want it to happen eventually. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you're done. That's because of the pre <laughs> I'm still going. Yeah. yeah. Is there? I, there's a little smoke malt flavor to me, but I don't think there's smoke malt in it. But I I taste just a little smoky. In fact, it's I almost want to call it out as peat malt, which I typically hate. Um, but a it, bit it, of the bacon. But the little bit that is in here. Or, Again, I'm, I'm nope. none of that. Um, you're, nope. you're you're one for two, man. That's fine. That's fine. But I'm still tasting. I'm tasting that bacon flavor that, in this case, I really like because uh, it's tiny. Again, it's just a subtle the, thing. The flaked barley really dries it out quite nice. Yeah. And so, it, it, so the the roast profile is roasted barley. So that's an unmalted yep. barley that's been very deeply kilned, like 700 SRM. Okay. And then a black patent malt. Which of course is malted, mm. and it's also kiln to a very high level, uh, on average probably six seven hundred SRM, okay. and then a dark chocolate malt which clocks in somewhere around five hundred SRM. So you have dark the, chocolate flavors dark from that chocolate malt. You get French roast espresso coffee like. Mm-hmm. From yeah, definitely, like cold black cat malt uh-huh. and the roasted barley, and then that hint of char is probably what you're um, what you're sensing as a smoke, but it's actually the roasted barley. Okay, and it's because it has none of the malt sweetness coming in; it's just a straight char flavor. I see, and. It, and a little bit goes a long ways. Yeah. Do you mind what, um, like, what percentage of the bill is that? Because it must just be tiny. Uh, it is one third of the roast component. Okay. And the roast component in some is about twelve percent. I see. So okay. About four percent of. I was going to say five. The grain bill. That was. But because it's a low yielding malt. Um, you know, as as a percentage of extract is probably even lower than that. Wow. Okay. Mm. The combination is is great, and 
Again, so now that you point out the flavor, I lo- actually like it afterward when people point out the flavors. He told us the leverage he go, has to pull. Yeah, and then I and then we're tasting now in the beer. yeah because then I can go. Oh yeah, there's the chocolate. There's the there's the coffee. Yeah. Like you can start to pick it out. All well, he's been helping. Separate. He's been helping nards like us for twenty years. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> this is not this is not uh, uncharted territory for him. You know. Yeah. Uh, is what's the yeast on this? The same same English ale yeast. Ten fifty six. It's the ten fifty. Oh wow! Is that kind of a house yeast for you guys, or just? It is. Yeah. Okay. Um, see this one, I you know that I think has the English yeast flavor, right? And the other one has that kind of lager flavor that we were, of course, what what we, what he's going for. So yeah, that's it, interesting to me. The two completely different beers from a yeast profile. Yeah, it doesn't seem as dry. I mean, it's not as dry. Yeah, uh, but I think all that malt hides that helps helps with that. Yeah, and so it's it's interesting how you can work the yeast and work the recipe to get what you want out of the same yeast. Yeah. Now for for a dark beer, this is you know very uh, very low uh, like uh, acidic bite. Yes, totally. Now how do you uh, what do you do to the water? How do you what do you uh, how do you what water do you use and how do you make uh, make that work with this beer? Our water profile. Uh, in both Pacific City and in Tillamook is exceedingly soft. Mm-hmm. There is uh, there's very, very little by way of uh, either temporary or permanent hardness. Um, and it's, uh, it's, pH, it's pH neutral. So it's very easy to work with in that regard. Um, and our treatment is carbon filtration and uh, run it through a UV. Oh, really? A UV? What's the UV for? Uh, the UV Sunday. is just to make sure that since you strip any uh, chlorine out of the water that uh, you you hit it with UV no disinfectant bugs. before it distributes to the building. Okay. So your water is uh, extremely low count. Do you not raise the alkalinity for the, st- for the stop? Nope. Hmm. Not huh? necessary. Okay. Tasty, I think we should open a brewery next door. It's yeah. They hit the water lottery. Well, and, uh, <laughs> I'd love to live on the beach. <laughs> yeah. Right near the beach. Great location. <laughs> I'd be down with that. Great water. Uh, Only and, for the chicks. <laughs> and just uh, one more question about the yeast, too. Not between, the the, between the two beers. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that? Do you ferment the 1056 at different temperatures in these two beers? Between, uh, We do not. It's the same temperature. Yeah, and keep it at the same temp. Do you mind telling us what that is? Because we can buy that use as homebrewers. Fahrenheit. 56, I was saying? 66 Fahrenheit, yes. Yeah, okay. Uh, 66, yeah. Man, they're both great. Yeah. How do you like that? You're a stout guy, Jack I am a stout guy. I really, I, I like that complex. Oops, I like that complex thing. Uh, you know, like Darren, I, I liked, I loved... I'm going to say love that foreign extra stout, the Guinness in the bottle. Yeah. Very different than the Guinness in the can, right? Mm-hmm. Or the, you know, the, the pre-widget bottle. Right? Yeah. Uh, that little shot of rum was a great, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's, a great, it's a great flavor combination. It tasted a lot like this because you get a lot of those deeper flavors from the rum. Yeah. The Guinness does a pretty good job on the roast. Uh, this, is kind of, this is kind of the best of both worlds. I really enjoy it. And for, for me, a lot of times, being on nitro can smooth it out a little too much. Yeah, it didn't do that with this. There's still plenty of of body and and uh, I hate I always hate to use the word sweetness, but there's some of those sweet characters like yeah. the coffee and the and the chocolate that it didn't even <clears throat> you know it didn't even smooth out too much. I would like I, I agree with you. I, I think there's very few beers that can be nitrogenated 
um, and and still hold up. Uh, I would like to try this side by side with a non nitrogen yeah version yeah uh, just to see what it's really all about. Yeah. Uh, but this is very 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 pleasant. Oh, it's good. Yeah, it could take it could take the CO two get a little sharp. Yeah, and yeah, e- like I e- wonder easily. I wonder how that would play with the with the kind of the roasted grains that are coming no, through. That it, kind of has- more bitter profile. Um, a little bit, but yeah. this this has a lot of room to play. Mm-hmm. It's got more like roast flavor than bitterness. Yeah. Like, it's just like roast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like exactly. a char, you know, like yeah, the after. You're getting smoked, but it really, it's like with the aftermath of a of a fire. Yeah, yeah. you're yeah. You're, you're after the, the 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 taste in your palate, the flavors in your mouth yeah. after you take a sip. Like five minutes, I, I had my last sip like five minutes ago, and I still taste this wonderful. It almost tastes uh, like wort. Oh yeah, but not in a bad way. Like a, you know, we say, worty, like an underfermented kind of a thing. Yeah, but you no. know those kind of pure flavors you get when you taste the, your wort sample, yeah. and there's kind of that pure roastiness with some like a naked. Toast, yeah, some you get to the malts. The malts are right there available. Yeah, that's yeah. that's exactly what it is. What like saying. in my in my mouth. Yeah, yeah. Love hearing about what's in your mouth, JP. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure you do. You like feeling it better, but that's a different story. That's right. another podcast. Not over and over again, though. <laughs> well, we've got more beer to try if Darren will put up with us a little longer. Can we take a quick uh, commercial break, Darren, come back and try a couple IPAs? Okay, we'll do that. All right. So hang in there. We're going to take just a real quick break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to try. Uh, we've got a double IPA to try. We've got an IPA. And honestly, i got to try the Bohemian Pilsner we have, too. So hang in there. It's the session. We'll be right back with Pelican. You're listening to the Brewcasters, the Brewcasters. on the Brewing Network. Guys, what'll it be? I'm not sure. What do you recommend? A lot of people seem to like the Hefeweizen. Is that a German Hefeweizen or more of an American-style wheat beer? I'm not sure, but I can give you a taste. Okay, great. Great. The Cicerone Certification Program certifies and educates beer professionals in order to elevate the beer experience for consumers. Unfortunately, not every bar is staffed with certified beer servers who can guide their customers through a beer list. Here you go, guys. Let me know what you think of the Hefeweizen. Oh, yeah. That's definitely more of an American meat. But I can hardly tell because this beer just smells like sour butter. I wonder how long it's been since they cleaned the draft line. Yeah, and look at the bubbles on the side of the glass. It's filthy. Somebody should tell these guys about the Cicerone program. For sure. How about we head somewhere else for another beer? Your server should give beer the same respect you do. Request quality. The Cicerone certification program offers four levels of beer certification, in-person classes, and course books for beer professionals. Check them out at Cicerone.org. The Cicerone Certification Program. We know beer. With over 20 years of experience making world-class craft beer and more than 100 gold medals in international competitions, Moylan's Brewing Company is not just a pretty face in craft beer. Just ask Brendan Moylan. What do we got here? The beer of the hour. Moylan's, gotta love that big M. It's like a sign of awesomeness. It's got an extra kick to it. Let's pour this bad boy. Oh, Easy oh yeah. Oh, Moylan's. At the end of the night when the kids are finally in bed, the wife's in bed, <laughs> nobody's bothering your ass anymore. That's Moylan's time. Moylan's is for you. Yeah. It's to help you out. Yeah. It helps me out. What? Well, because it's freaking awesome. Northern California brewed. It's brewed with love. With love? Oh, yeah. Tremendous. And it's always best where? Moylan's. you got to try it on tap at Moylan's. 
in Novato. They're freaking awesome. Not only because I own the brewery, because I love the beer. Cheers! Boom! Kilt Lifter Scotch Ale takes big beers to a whole new level with rich malt balanced perfectly with delicate hops and now comes in four-pack tall boy cans so you can take the party on the go. Or come to the brewery, take a tour, and try any of Moylan's fresh creations right from the source. Check them out at Moylan's.com. Your support of the Brewing Network means everything to us. We couldn't produce shows without you. And we love giving you something extra for that support, like Brew Your Own Magazine. You already know it's a great brewing magazine full of recipes, equipment how-tos, discussions of beer styles, and brewing techniques. Whether you're new to brewing and just starting out or you're an old pro, you'll always learn something from the articles in Brew Your Own. Plus, there are amazing special issues like plans for building a Brutus 10 system, 250 classic clone recipes, and the Home Brewer's Answer Book. Brew Your Own Magazine and BYO.com are awesome resources for any brewer. Whether for yourself or as a gift, when you subscribe or resubscribe from the Brewing Network homepage, you directly support programs like this. Get a great magazine and support the Brewing Network. Subscribe to Brew Your Own right from thebrewingnetwork.com. Army, have you heard the latest at HopTech? Since HopTech has doubled in size after a huge expansion, Jade and Roberto can stock even more of the best quality homebrewing supplies and equipment. Over 60 kick-ass varieties of hops and malts, monster truckloads of quality brewer's yeast, including white labs, Y yeast, and multiple dry yeasts. They even have all grain systems from Grainfathers and Ruby Street Brew Systems, thanks to Jade, the brand-new all-grain brewer. And don't forget about their 10% discount to all BN Army members. Jade and Roberto are waiting for you and all of your brewing questions over at HopTech.com. HopTech, totally not sucking since 1983. Hey, my brewing brothers and sisters, this is Jamel Zanisha, and I love a bold, hoppy beer, one that spits resin in your face and makes you cry, Uncle. There are a lot of great hoppy beers out there, but at Heretic, we want to make something as bold, dank, and resiny as possible. We use hops at every chance we get, including multiple dry hop additions. The result is Heretic Evil Cousin. This light golden, 8% Imperial IPA has an easy malt character that helps take the edge off the massive bittering. But it takes a back seat to the in-your-face hop character. We make sure this beer finishes dry so the hops can jump out and slam me in the taste buds. If you can't get enough hoppy goodness, Evil Cousin is your cup of tea. Cheers. You're listening to The Brewing Network. Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. Welcome back to the show, and thanks for hanging out with us. We're still talking to uh, Pelican Brewing Company, of course. Uh, before we move on, and, and since we're talking so much about beer and recipes and the ingredients, don't forget about our friends over at Beersmith Homebrewing Software. Go to Beersmith.com right now. You can get your free 21-day trial of the software. It works on a Mac or a PC, and uh, he's got video tutorials to show you how to use the whole thing. Uh, I pretty much guarantee that uh, it does everything you need and probably more. 
or we've had a lot of pro brewers come in here that still use it too. Um, but you don't have to take my word for it because you get a free 21 day trial. Go to beersmith.com right now, hit the download button and check it out. I'm, uh, I'm pretty certain that you won't regret it. All right. So we still have uh, Darren and Ryan. Uh, Ryan's in the studio with us here and we're, we were talking beer at the break. We got uh, Darren, the brewmaster, calling us from Oregon. And uh, Darren, we've got two beers in front of us now. I want to make sure we get through and um, and then a third one on its way, too, for me anyway. But mm. we've got, um, all right, on tap here at the Hop Grenade, your single IPA, uh, which is the uh, Umbrella IPA. So we're going to start with that. And then after that, we've got your double IPA, which is the Beak Breaker. So mm-hmm. um, would you tell us about the Umbrella IPA, please? Sure. Uh, the Umbrella is um, started out as a single hot beer, um, featuring the Ella Hot from Australia. Um, we were trying to create um, more of a, of a new world, new school type IPA, super lean body, uh, pale color, uh, very aromatic, uh, and then that real clean, dry finish um, with the hot bitterness, but without a lot of residual extract uh, to distract from that. Um, so uh, that's, that was the concept for Umbrella. I think you nailed and, it, by the way, based on that description. Yeah, totally. Um, at the two, and I don't want to go too far into the double yet because we'll have questions just about the single. So it's kind of mm-hmm. why I jumped in there. But I do want to mention just comparing the two, uh, very different color in both of them. So you got the light, uh, you know, I wouldn't say straw color uh, on the on the single IPA, but lighter than maybe some people are used honey, to. Maybe uh, kind of a honey color, yeah. kind of you know, as a reference from some other breweries that we talk about. I think Evil Cousin from Heretic is close to this color. Um, what about Blind Pig? Is Blind Pig yellowish like that? Yeah, it's a little yeah. orange. Yeah, it's, it's orange. A little yeah, more, it's like more towards yeah. orange even, yeah. 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 Um, uh, which, by the way, to me is a good indication usually of an IPA that I'm going to like. Yeah. Uh, when it's a little lighter in the color like that. Oh, a drier, typically. Uh, yeah, a little drier. Um, the beer, uh, it, it smells and tastes great. Uh, it's not overwhelming. <clears throat> it's got enough... I need a better word than stupid sweetness, right? Uh, well, what kind of sweetness? I mean, body so you, you, is you, always a nice word, but what I'm talking about is like when it's, of course, there's, it's balanced, and we can mm-hmm. talk about that, but it does have enough to... No, no, but I mean, like, you take the word sweetness, mm-hmm. and then you go, and you focus on it, and you go, well, what kind of sweetness? How much sweetness? So you go, like, right, malt. Well, what kind of malt? Okay. Toasty malt? You're ready right. malt? Uh, what kind of bread? Cracker? Uh, speaking of malt, right, I've yeah. got the uh, the data sheet or the uh, glossy for this beer in front of me here. Yeah. And uh, the the, hop, the malts are uh, two-row gold pills, Vienna malt, and uh, some uh, uh, plain sugar. Darren, what, what oh, percentages okay. are we looking at on this? So the, uh, the, uh, the base malt, uh, two-row, is... Uh, I'm going to say that's probably about 85% of extract. Uh-huh. Uh, gold pills is maybe 7% of extract, and then white sugar is uh, the remaining bit of extract there. So, um, so why do you add the, why do you add the pilsner? What, 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 are, what are you what are you looking for in that 7% uh, pilsner? Oh. Uh, that that's the well, the gold pills. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a Vienna malt. It's a Vienna malt, and so yeah, so that's 
that's driving the color a little bit in the golden direction oh, uh, from a straight yellow. Mm -hmm. But more importantly, uh, it brings just a, a little bit of toastiness <laughs> to the malt profile that hmm. um, helps underpin the, the really bright, tropical, gooseberry-type hop flavors that the Ella delivers. Nice. That's a signature malt then yeah. with a signature hop. That's excellent. Thank you. Yeah. Yellow yeah. hops are the signature hop for that one. More other than just how great the beer is, uh, you know how you can tell Darren's been doing this for so long is that when you just ask what percentage is, <laughs> a lot of times what we get is, oh, I wish I had the sheet in front Two of me. Two sacks know, of this, maybe uh, both right. sacks of that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, now, Darren, Darren's like, oh, about 86% here. Point nine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a difference. Uh, this beer is wonderful. Uh, it's fresh tasting, right? So we have it on tap here at the Hop Grenade. That's how we're tasting it. By the way, it wasn't bottles that were brought from the yeah, brewery. Yeah. But, uh, it's excellent, fresh. It oh is so. Not that there's anything wrong with that? <laughs> no, there's not at all. And but that's it's, actually why I'm bringing it up. Is I wanted to ask Ryan how else this is available, and yeah. uh, you know, so that other people can get it because this version of it right here is fantastic. Yeah, no, we have it uh, available in 22-ounce bottles uh, around uh, selected uh, bottle shops in the area. Um, I can name a few if you'd like. Um, or you know. Well, we have listeners all over the country, so even if you Perfect. could just send them to where they could yeah. – do you have, like, a beer finder on the website? Uh, we oh. will. Okay, cool. We will. So you saw the last website So what is your distribution about. footprint? Where, where can our listeners find your beers? Uh, we're predominantly in the Northwest. Cool. Uh, we're um, we're heavily in uh, Oregon, and then we uh, we work in uh, Washington and Idaho, and mm -hmm. uh, we just uh, just started in Northern California on a limited basis uh, cool. about a year ago. Thank you for that. And then we do some um, um, some beer to Hawaii uh, on a limited basis as well, and same with Utah. So okay, we we really you know look at the West Coast is is kind of where we want to live. Um, you know, just the, the the beach world and and having you know <laughs> one of the terms that we use is born at the beach and mm -hmm. and uh we, that works for oregon washington and california and hawaii so. and hawaii <laughs> yeah perfect exactly. i do want to so. open a hot <laughs> in hawaii. Yeah, it's a yeah. dream of mine very so good you'll be my first phone call right very good very good yeah. appreciate that yeah. he wants an allocation <laughs> so you know what the problem that i have with this ipa it's the one problem i have with it okay what is it Really? It's, you get one? Drinkable. I have one problem with it. It is so easy drinking. It's one of the reasons I like Blind Pig so much, actually, is that it's a, just such a easy... It never wears your palate out. It's just it like does, it's, but it's, it's, it's big on flavor. Everything's there. It, it just it, there's ton of, tons of things happening, but yeah, just that's too easy to drink. It's great problem. for the Tinder crowd. <laughs> yeah, right? Great for the Tinder crowd. Uh, you name it Tinder IPA? Tinder IPA. Darren, I'm going to have pints of this at my place after work. That's the problem. Mm. <laughs> yeah, well... Uh, one of the working uh, shop names for this beer when it was in development was the Sneaker Wave. So, say it again. So one of the one of the working titles for this beer as we were developing it in house was the Sneaker Wave. The Sneaker Wave because sneaker wave. Of, sneaker wave because yeah. of that very yeah. that very quality of delivering flavor and you just. You, you know, you, unless you look at the label, right. you have no idea that it's almost seven and a half percent alcohol. <laughs> it would be a good name for it. Yeah, it's just real, and and that's it's a compliment, really. People should be responsible for themselves and of look course. at the label and all that. Yeah. Uh, but that's it's a compliment to go. Yeah, that that one will knock me over before I know it because I'll have three of them. It's such an easy drinker. Uh, this well, one, if it, 
if it's uh, hard to drink and you have to think twice about ordering another one, then I guess I haven't done my job very well. <laughs> Thank you for saying that. Because we, so we kind of say that on the show. We, we try not to say it directly. Uh, but that's the truth, right? Like this, and in fact, I'm going to go even further. In some ways, it's your job to educate the consumers through the beer of what they really want. Because they go and they taste other IPAs that are a little sweeter, and they kind of beat up the palate, and they think that's what they want. For one, because it's what everybody mm, talks about, and right, two, because right. it's it's something it, it's bold enough to give them something to, to think about. But then they would taste this and go, "Wait, no, that's really what I want. That's <laughs> what I meant. I wanted." Does and that make sense? Like it's almost your job, not only to do it this well, but it's like your duty to teach people who don't know it can be done this well that they're wrong about some of those other IPAs. That's what I mean. Well, you know, it's never good for sales if your beer is the one and done. <laughs> no, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Ryan here would not be your friend, yeah. Darren. <laughs> well, especially on the IPA level. I mean, you yeah. know, like like a, a an RIS or a barley wine. Sure, totally. That's those beers. I think are designed for that. But yeah. Something as, uh, as, as in the mainstream beer culture as IPA, you only order one of those and you're on to something else and you've, you've failed. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. The way to sell beer is to have you know, people order a second pint. This if is, it doesn't wear on the palate, it's going to be a beer you can do that with. Totally, yeah. This is one of the very best IPAs I've had this year. I think it's really good. It's, well, thank you. It's, yeah, it's great. Yeah, thanks for sharing it with us. It's it's just kind of it's my style. I just think it's it's right there. Um, it's not cloudy. It's not cloudy. It's got that <laughs> yeah. going for it. Yeah. yeah. When are you gonna start adding flour and <laughs> apple juice? Do you uh, mm. you filter all your beers, Darren? Or uh, most of them, yes. You do. Okay. Uh, tsunami stout does not get clarified through the filter. A good call. Why, um, why would you? <laughs> that's fair. You know, it can be done, but um, part of the part of the appeal of tsunami stout is the textural component in the in the mouthfeel. Yeah, and yeah. when you when you run through a filter, even a, a well designed clarification program where you're filtering as gently as possible in a beer like tsunami stout, um, I can I can tell the difference between filtered and unfiltered in terms of the mouthfeel and the texture. And I just want to deliver as much of that um, delicious viscosity and goodness in Tsunami Stout as we possibly can. And running it through the filter is kind of counterproductive to that, and it takes extra time, and the customer will never see the difference anyway. So, (laughs) you know, it's like... It's like lose, lose, lose instead of win, win, win. Yeah, I like your thinking there, Darren. Well, and it's a good example of how, uh, you know, everything's not the same across the board. All right. Like we can we can come in here and say all all beers should be fined or filtered or something. It's kind of easy to say that. But the truth is, that's not really true. I think you know, Darren makes a compelling argument where it's just you know, diminishing returns and maybe even a negative result, <laughs> I think, is oh, the for point. Sure. So yeah. it's not the same across all beers. Yeah. And you should think about each and every single beer and not just, you know, you don't just go through a process that's the same. That's for why everything. they call them brewmasters. That's true. <laughs> you have to make change. Well, happy. I, I don't want to say that the, the Tsunami stout is not clarified because we use we use sure, findings, findings on it. Yeah. Okay, Boom. and that that is important because uh, if you if we don't do that, then we have yeast carryover 
yeah. into the finished package, ah. then you have paralysis, you have brothy, meaty flavors, and, yeah. you know, I like meaty flavors in meat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then you complement that with a beer. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right, that's another excellent point. What kind of findings do you like to use? Uh, we use gelatin. Just gelatin, okay. How do you yeah, do? Me how, too, do me too. how do you prep the gelatin? Uh, some people just throw uh, it in. Some people gets, hydrate it first. What do you do? Yeah, the gelatin gets uh, gets hydrated in uh, 180 degree water. Um, we give it uh, we give it a, a short contact time to make sure that everything's pasteurized, um, but not too long because you want everything to remain liquid. And then we set up an external pump loop to uh, the tank that's being dosed um, and dose it in um, through the pump and then recirculate for about 10, 15 minutes. Um, And depending on which tank it's going into and how tall the tank is, that kind of de- determines uh, what the pump setting is to make sure that those findings are fully incorporated into the tank. Um, and then, typically, we've got um, we've got the beginnings of some pretty decent results in uh, 24 hours, and, and really quite a bit of sedimentation in, in 36 to 48. So are you, quick. And what temperature is all this happening at? Oh, it's uh, it's right at 33 Fahrenheit. Gotcha. So now, this this sounds like an, another uh, device I think you've got there called the uh, Hoppinator. Is this the Gelinator? Is that, is that what you're doing when you're, <laughs> when you're recirculating this uh, back in there? Well, we'll, we'll actually, uh, we actually use uh, um, modified corny cans for uh, oh. for dosing gelatin in. I see. Uh, the hoppinator is a little bit too large uh, too much, too much force. for dosing gelatin on the vessels that we have these days. Well, let's talk about the hoppinator. What's the whole thing? What is that? What, tell us how that works and what the principle is. Uh, the hoppinator is a, a piece of equipment that we use for dosing dry hops into fermenters. And it does a number of things for us. Uh, number one, it's quite a bit more sanitary than uh, a five-gallon bucket dumped in the top of a tank <laughs> by some guy. Uh, at With the a head cold? Over the lowest-paid guy in the place? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, uh, there's so many tanks that need to be dry hot that you can't simply delegate it to the lowest-paid guy. Right. Um, <laughs> but it but never happens. It's also... Who wants There's to get also up there? A, uh, a safety yeah. benefit because uh, the same guy that's got uh, 40 pounds of hops in a couple of five-gallon buckets <laughs> uh, at the top of a ladder 20 feet off the ground, that's not exactly the safest situation. So oh. thankfully, we've never had an incident. Uh-huh. And with the hoppinator, it's unlikely that that particular kind of incident is going to happen going go. forward because we've just kind of removed a major hazard. This is the ground floor um, thing you're doing, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. OSHA, uh, all the way. And then the other thing, um, it's it's a big enhancement to quality and utilization. Um, oh, more efficient. So when you open up the top of a fermenter, um, you're letting atmosphere in and CO2 out. Um, there's a gas exchange even, you know, if the 
if the hatch is at the top of the tank, you're still going to you're still going to shoot some oxygen and some atmosphere into that tank as as the pour hops in. So sure. you're necessarily increasing your dissolved oxygen level well, in finished beer mm-hmm. or maturing beer, and that's really not what we want to do. So what the hopinator allows us to do is to pre-purge all of those lines, uh, to pre-purge the vessel, pour hops in, and then purge again. There's a port on it where we can measure the dissolved oxygen hmm. of the inside of that vessel, and when it reaches uh, specification, then we can uh, introduce the beer and begin homogenizing the hops into the beer. Okay, so you've got a vessel that's a what what a volume capacity for beer? A barrel or something, or two barrels? Uh, no, it's it's probably it's probably about. Four to five barrels in okay. capacity. Because the four or five barrels, it sits on the floor next to the fermenter. Uh, you put hops mm-hmm. in. You open a hatch. You put the hops in. Then you like you, you purge it. Purge a bunch until yeah. it's down to like minimum O uh, two, which is measured. And then you bring the beer in. And then do you like a, make us? You like grind this up or do you slurry it or what? What happens next? It, it gets slurried with a uh, with uh, with an impeller. An impeller built and into then, this unit. What what does that mean, Tasty? That means it gets it's like kind a, of it's like you heard a mash mix. You heard a mash mixer. This is a hot mixer. It's a basically. big old paddle. Yeah. Oh, okay. And that's in this vessel. You're yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. It sits okay. on the floor next to the front. Right. Okay. All right. All right. So then so you bring the beer in. Big old paddle hooked up to a motor, um, and while we're purging, we'll run that motor really slowly, and all of the atmosphere that's entrained within the pellets, as we're, we we can purge all that out. And then we keep that running as you introduce beer, and the pellets begin to break apart and go back into a hot powder, and you gently run that paddle so that you're creating this uh, hop slurry. Mm-hmm. Um, the hopinator has a, a built-in uh, pump that's a specific pump designed for uh, high pumping capacity, but very low shear forces, mm-hmm. so that we're not beating up the hops or the not, beer, um, extracting mm-hmm. any unwanted polyphenol compounds mm-hmm. from the hop matter. Um, and so we'll, we'll introduce beer. We'll run the paddles until it's formed a consistent slurry, and then we'll essentially just pump that right back out into the fermenter. Um, and pump it in so that it it rouses within the fermenter well, and then we'll introduce beer back into the hopinator, mm-hmm. um, turn the impellers back on briefly, and essentially rinse with beer. I see. <laughs> nice. And so that wow. I so that I might know the difference between the paddles being gentle and the pump being gentle enough. If they weren't. And you were and you were getting some of these uh, polyphenols that you didn't want, some other things. It would, are, would it? Is that when it starts to taste vegetal? And yes, okay, it starts to get that that uh, vegetative uh, harshness. Uh, you get uh, astringency. Hop, hops are full of astringent tannic compounds, and part of what we as brewers do is manage the process in such a way that we extract the stuff we want and we leave behind the stuff we don't want. Okay. Um, Because, you know, I don't want you to pick up um, a glass of umbrella 
and right at the swaddle think <laughs> that I just get a whole bunch of grape skin tannins right. down my throat. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, Darren, you mentioned uh, better efficiency. How many fewer hops does it take? With the hopping, uh, in the case of Umbrella, we we uh, actually reduced the dry hop charge by thirty percent. Uh, we went from two hop doses to one, and we got more aroma as a result. Okay. Well, so that's a lot of money. Work, <laughs> less raw, fewer raw materials, yeah, and greater aromatic intensity on the finished beer. Now, before you uh, use the hopping, do you drop the yeast, uh, or is that not an issue? Uh, yes, yes. you have to. You have to drop it. Uh, in our brewery, we need to harvest yeast before any manner of dry hopping. I understand. Okay. Makes sense. And how long have you been using the hoppinator? The hoppinator is less than a year old. Less than okay. It's yeah. a fairly recent uh, piece of equipment for us. Got it. I just was wondering if this is another one of those things that Darren's been using for 20 years <laughs> yeah. that nobody knew about. He's like, no like one asked Whirlpool me. hopping. Like, yeah. No one ever asked. Nobody said. Right. No one ever asked. Yeah, I'm right near the beach. <laughs> uh, well, okay, so the double IPA, the Imperial IPA, actually is how you have it listed. The Beak Breaker is just another uh, great-tasting beer. Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely. You like so now, Doc. You've been getting into some of the hoppier beers lately. Uh, this, they're, they're changing. They uh, are right. They're totally changing. Uh, it used to be just bitter, 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 and alcohol. Yeah. And, and trying to get them dry, and that was all the IPAs. Everyone wanted. It, you got some hot flavor in there, and this and that. But now it, it, they're rounded. They're sweet. Yeah. They're very floral, stone fruity kind of stuff. And it's over the top. Uh, just, just, it just tastes better. Yeah. And I'm not always. My whole thing was always, I just don't like killing my palate. Yeah. With and, one beer, and with a lot of sharp flavors <laughs> yeah. and different things like that. So, in, with this example, with the with the Beak Breaker, there's nothing very harsh or sharp about no. it. I know it's a double IPA, so it, it does hit me there. Um, for my style of drinking, I I won't drink three pints of this like <laughs> I will the uh, the IPA. Uh, but I would certainly uh, drink a pint or two because um, nothing's really beating up my palate. Um, mm-hmm. Not a harsh bitterness. Uh, some fruitiness to it. Is is there raw sugar in this one, too, Darren? No. No, there is not. It's interesting that you use it in the IPA, but not this one. So what's the ABV on this one? Nine and a half. Yeah, and it's an all-malt beer. I could have put nine, nine, six. Wow. Yeah. I thought it would have some sugar in it to why be this dry. Sh- yeah, why sugar in the umbrella but not in the beak breaker? Different beers. <laughs> so the, the umbrella yeah. is because I is, wanted to. <laughs> well, a, that's probably it. You know, it's a, it's an IPA that's designed with that stealth mode, yeah, uh, ABV content. Okay. So, I'm to me, uh, even though I know better uh, on the palate, it drinks to me like a beer that's yeah, five and a half, maybe six percent. Yeah. But I, you know. If if I just approached it not knowing, I wouldn't guess. Oh wow, that's a seven point four percent beer. Agreed. Um, yeah. With the with the beat breaker, uh, we were really. Well, no, wait a minute. Um, the beak is a brand new product, and that might actually have some sugar in it too. 
It just I, the I? reason I'm surprised is because it's also it's, it's another very, pretty dry beer. It's very it's dry, dry for yeah. being all malt. That's pretty hard to do. And for being a nine percent. Yeah, imperial IPA. You might want to check back. So, what do you mash at? Like, you must have mashed like extremely low to get this thing to dry out, right? Uh, yeah, we we mash it low. Um, not not the lowest of the beer yeah, but, we produce, but but certain, fairly low. Turning towards that side. Um, yeah. uh-huh. By the but, way, it uh, also doesn't taste like nine percent. No, it doesn't. No. It doesn't. Well, you, you you get the dryness, but yeah. you get all that malt flavor. Yeah, too, which which is a hard balance to make. I say, damn you, Darren, with your <laughs> with your easy drinking high You're alcohol evil. beers. You're, yeah, <laughs> you're doing too good a job over there. No, yeah. I, I taste the this one. This one will sneak up on you too. No, I, I yeah, t- but but I, I'm loving the way IPAs are going. Yeah, yeah. Into the more flavorful, less kick in the face bitter. <laughs> right. Uh, so I could be a convert pretty soon. Um, you are my only hope. You're my holdout. For you this were, Doc shit. was your holdout Doc, on yeah. IPAs. He was uh, my guy. Well, <laughs> you're not being my guy anymore. Shit changes, man. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Sorry. Your shit's gone from firm to lumpy. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it's like that teenage movie. You know, we're, we're just growing apart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not me. It's you. <laughs> Mostly you. No, well, shit. D- Darren, I have a, my backup beer is your Bohemian Pilsner. I think I see Justin has oh, the same beer. Yeah. So I just sipped that, too. I just took my first sip, and I did. As we're, we're running out of time, I wanted to bring it up quickly, though. Yeah. Um, so we're all we're all Pilsner fans here. Yeah, so can you totally. tell us just quickly about your yep. Bo Pils? Sure. Um, this beer um, was designed. Actually, the, the whole concept for the beer was suggested by one of our rock star sales staff. Uh, who works the Portland market? Okay, um, a gal named Maya Chung, and so she came up with this idea for a beer that she um, she just really presented and sold it to me uh, perfectly. Cool. And she didn't know that uh, I cut my teeth on German pilsners, so nice. she was really singing the right song to me, and she didn't even realize it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I like it. But that's that's why it's called Chani Saj. She came up with the name. Um, we we had this whole conversation over a course of weeks and months about um, the look, the the smell, the flavor, the finish, all of the attributes of the beer uh, as she was imagining it. And then I would kind of answer and... Uh, give her some feedback, and then we had a few meetings where she came down to the brewery, and we rubbed hops, and we chewed on malts, and we had a whole conversation about what are, what are the malt profile that we want and which one of these base malts. And so um, it was a really fun project for me, and I think it was a good a good one for her because she's coming from the sales side and. Mm. Um, bringing her into the, you know, into the brew house um, and the beer, I'm really happy with it. We used uh, Vireman's Barca Fells. Uh, Barca is a is an heirloom barley variety. Just fantastic flavor on the malt bill from this beer. Um, and then we played around with a lot of ideas on hops, but we ended up just going classic. Um, so. All the flavor, aroma, finishing hops are all Czech size. Okay. 
It works. So, That's a great, totally beer, great beer. beer. She did a good job. Somebody great... needs to pat her on the back for yeah. us, also, right? Right. Give her a low hug. How, by the way, how <laughs> far in how far into the process did you tell her? By the way, I really know and love German beers. After she had been pouring her heart out to you, all the work she had done about the beer. When did you actually tell her you knew everything about the style and, and that you love it? I haven't told her that. <laughs> She'd still, yeah. still leave her hanging. Or, or, like or that you've been making it for 20 years. Good for you. Didn't you. tell anybody. <laughs> you sound like a, like a great collaborator, uh, Darren. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, that sounds If you ever about... want to do one, let me know, okay? Just say tasty at thebrewingnetwork.com. We'll... <laughs> there you go. That sounds awesome. I mean, you know, how many, you know, we, uh, most of us here have brewed with other uh, commercial brewers. Sure. But, uh, I mean, how many times have you heard about people getting into the malt room, yeah. eating the malt, tasting it, and having the brewer, like, talk about what yeah, you want I mean, to that's, do? Yeah, that's the kind and of rubbing the hops and all. I mean, we did that that's at Sierra right. Nevada a little bit, like yeah. the hops for sure, but the yeah. malt we didn't really do. We just kind of went with, you know, they're, look, they're Sierra Nevada. They know what they're doing, right? Uh, so, we trusted that, but uh, it, there's there's that element of, of you know the um, the heart of the beer yeah. comes from the person who has the idea, right? And so sure. that, that sounds like a really cool thing. And it's just well, it, it sounds it, like it we got to go out there really and well, and and, and we uh, we ended up making that the uh, you know to get into Oregon Brewers Festival, which in these parts is is kind of a big deal. Yeah, yeah I get um, it. Yeah, it's kind of a it's kind of a bigger festival. Yeah, yeah, uh, with a few people who show up. <laughs> um, right. And uh, one of the things that OBF likes these days is they like to see a beer that's produced just for the event. Oh, nice. And yeah. you know, for a smaller festival, that's really hard to do. But for OBF, when you know their minimum order is like I don't know twenty five kegs or something. Um, that fits right into that's. I mean, that's fine. That's like an entire batch out of our mm. original brew house. Yeah. Um, and so it was the it was the uh, we had, we sent that to OBF this year as an exclusive, and then after the fact, we had a couple more batches in the pipeline so that Maya could go out to all the uh, accounts in Portland and. And sell the beer that she designed. That she designed, excellent. Wow, that's great. That is cool. Plus, it just makes her job easy. I mean, you kind of you, <laughs> you should ask for some of her. She's pay. such a player now that she's yeah, got her she's own like, beer. Oh, it's oh that old thing. It's just my beer. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to make Ryan a player here. Ryan, you ought to do a collaboration here with Darren. Yeah, that's know? right. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, we, we're running a little short on time. Uh, I want to thank you so much for all your time. I want this. Is, I, this may be kind of a weird thing to say, but I feel like it, so. You guys have been around since '96, uh, making great beers. Darren's been in there doing this. Yeah. I feel like though, you're about to make. Uh, it's not. You're about to like make a comeback now that you're distributed. You're in other. You're now a. You're a new brewery to look out for. A new brewery that opened in 1996 to look out for. Now that you guys are producing more and distributing a little bit and getting it out in the marketplace, I, I'm saying that for my listeners, that if you heard about Pelican before, you, now they're a brewery to watch out for. because I No shit, they got a CO, an O2 meter on their fucking on their day, hopinator. On, on their hopinator. Yeah. And, and just listening yeah. to Darren, I think you can tell that they're he players. knows what he's doing. And uh, listening to us just talk about these beers, they're all so fantastic. That uh, yeah, you're like a you're like a new brewery to look out for now, Darren. <laughs> Which is <laughs> feels yeah. weird to say to you, but yeah, I, you're such a young man I already. Are you, now. you ready? Twenty years. So thank you. 
<laughs> I was kind of yeah. hoping to see an old brewer in here. <laughs> I know. Uh, well, we were, and we weren't sure uh, who who quite could make it down. But look, if I were Darren, I wouldn't leave the brewery either. Are you kidding I was me? Just sitting on the beach. Yeah, so. but that sunset's amazing. I mean, let's be. He doesn't really do any of the. He, of he, he talks a big game, but really, he just surfs all day. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, Darren. Tell us you do, even if you lie to us. Yeah, <laughs> lie to me. Absolutely, yeah, that, that's all I do. <laughs> oh, he he sets the time. mash and yeah. gets the morning curl. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's all he really does. Uh, well, look, I, I know we went a little over time tonight, so I want to thank you, Darren, so much for, for hanging out with us and talking beer. And Ryan, you also for bringing us the beer here yeah, and, man, for sure. and sharing it with us. I, I think our listeners are really going to enjoy listening to your perspective, and we enjoy the beer. So thank you for being on the show. Thank you. And uh, I hope to see you next uh, on on the beach, both of you. Like, uh, <laughs> I, I, you don't have to really? come visit us; we'll come visit you. This is yes, one. Let's go. We'll go up to a little brew, brew some beer. Pacific City. Well, and the last time I was there was years ago, and I was in the Volkswagen. I had gone to the Oregon Brewers Festival and slept under an underpass for four days to go to the damn thing. Sounds about it's right. Like your other life. So yeah. by the time I got to yeah. Pelican, I was a little road weary. Uh. Yeah, but I got some great comfort food, and oh. we just sat there for hours, just chilling. And on the beach, yeah. Uh, I mean, and by on the beach, I mean in the pub, but oh, on the beach, right? Uh, for sure. So, it, it genuinely, is on the a beach good place pub. to go. If you want to check it out, and there's a hotel there too, right? That's right? correct. Yes, you can go to yourlittebeachtown.com and check out all the information that you need to go see him. Um, all right, Darren. Thanks again. I appreciate it, brother. Thank you for having me. Take care. Have a good night. Good night. All right, there you go, Darren and and Ryan's here, and we still got beer in front of us, and yeah, you know, we we know it's late where you are. I'm thinking where I am, <laughs> <laughs> guys. I'm thinking uh, that yeah. goes. That's going into the list of one of the uh, interviews of the year. One of the yeah, ones I, I, sure. I learned a lot and had a great time. Well, it's one of the one, and I mean from our listeners. I think it's going to be yeah. one of the ones yeah. our listeners really l- look back at for a brewer who just gave information where information was needed. I think for sure didn't hold uh, anything back. There and was has been around news. long enough yeah. to know what. Sucks and what you know what works and what doesn't. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, There's a lot of new stuff out there too, where he was doing things that. Oh yeah, I, 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 I'm, like, I'm going to make I, a hop in here out of the norm, right? Yeah, I also like that he was just kind of cut and dry about it. He's yeah. like, he's like, oh well, we just put it all in the whirlpool. And then when I asked him about it, well, did you ever, you know, did you did that change? He's like, oh, not really. Yeah, we tried it in the bitterness, didn't work. All whirlpool. Yeah. So that's the kind of stuff our listeners like. Ryan, thanks for bringing them. Thank in. you. Uh, Thank yeah. you. Appreciate you having us. Thank you. No worries. I'm going to finish this Bo Pills and it's good, uh, and then what? Have me a good night. I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, these damn sneaky uh, no, the double IP sneaky like, waves, dude. Uh, it's so sneaky. I had to leave that one alone. The double IP is still did, in my glass, not because it's not great. I did the same thing. I had to like. I've been off. snuck. Yeah, I had to back <laughs> up. Pete's, man. Feel like Snoop yeah. Dogg. I had to back up off. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, I thought you looked like Snoop Dogg too. I was like, wait, who's the black guy with cornrows? Down. Yeah. <laughs> who's the guy? I was like, who's the guy who murdered Biggie right here? What's going on? What's happening? Um, the IPA though, I couldn't resist. Like the oh butter, God, yeah. that yeah, one. Yeah, umbrella. Yeah. I'm gonna have another one of those. Yeah, that like one temptation. Had a, don't call it the butter. What was, I was that about? Butterfly. Okay. Yeah, not butter. No. Butterfly. It's like temptation. The umbrella. That one I had to finish. That's the good. butterfly. 
Yeah. Never call a beer butterfly. No, never you're put right. the word butter in a, in a beard name. <laughs> never any combination of the word butter. <laughs> fly. Never, yeah. Umbrella IPA. Forgive it's me. Fly. That one I had to yeah. finish. That was a good beer. Even I even I enjoyed it. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm bump. I well, guess. Yeah, snuck. We got to wrap up our Twitter game. Yes. Uh, before, oh, we're doing that right now. Before we can go. Oh, geez. All right. Uh, yeah. But then what? And then we're we're done. Oh, our, our work here is done. Uh, Bevo, are you sure? Look, we we rocked it all into a couple great segments. What I like the intensity. Sure I like this. Like hit it hard, hit it short. You like it? I like it. See, I'm feeling like it's do this almost every week. I'm kind of a short guy anyway. Almost every week. <laughs> no, Doc, you haven't been here. We have been. Three times a month. Uh, I don't think anybody's going to complain about you la- missing the last hour of crap anyway. So, yeah, it's exactly. Crap. I there, mean, look, if there's yeah. a reason to do it. There's crap pretty much no crap on this tap? whole show. No crap on tap here. We haven't done the, well, I don't know about that. We haven't done the Twitter game There's yet. a lot of cloudy Whoa. IPAs on tap. Hey, hey, hey. Anyway, so uh, what about that Twitter game, huh? Let's move things along here. Can we? Please? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, great. We were just about to get out of here, and now these two are going to get in a fight. <laughs> <laughs> there hasn't been one in a while. The last fight we got into, I wasn't even here for. <laughs> that's true. True that. Oh, hey, come on. That's I think you might have lost. <laughs> yeah, that's fucked up, dude. All right. All right. What was our Twitter game? Twitter game. Uh, well, as everybody knows by now, North Korea has uh, launched, no pun intended, their first beer festival. Uh, yes. With uh, Apparently they had leaders of beer. And uh, pretzels, German-style like pretzels. Supreme leaders? Supreme yeah. leaders, yeah. Of beer, yeah. yeah. Uh, Not imperial gallons. Not imperial gallons. <laughs> so it's interesting because apparently they're getting information from other people. They haven't closed off the internet entirely. No. Anyway, so oh. they had their first beer fest, and I think we need to get in on that, capitalize on that, and, and open a studio there to deliver yeah. beer information to the, quote, people. So the new Brewing Network studio. Ryan, if the Brewing Network studio was in North Korea, would you have attended this event? No comment. <laughs> in other words, no fucking uh, way. Yeah, you would put in jail yeah. right now, immediately. Jail, yeah. jail, jail. What's uh, the upside? A couple right. of tap handles. Come on. So, what's the name of our new uh, studio in North Korea? Is yes. that the Twitter game? That's it. All right. What do we? Get? Uh, Brian G says, "Whatever the supreme leader tells you to call it." All right. It's an accurate answer. <laughs> Very appropriate. Very yes. practical. Got to get the conditional use permit. Uh, ju- <laughs> someone called Junk of Pork. Says uh, it smells like Kimchi Farts Studio. Kimchi Farts, you know. Clean, I, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a wrap. Which uh, you know, it's, it's a comment. Every time, whenever you're not here, yeah, the studio smells like a fart box. Oh, I don't know if you know. Do people do people hold back when I'm here? I think so. I, I think you're in here that. like longer, but like whenever I'm covering for you and, and hosting the shows, or whenever I come to do Doctor Homebrew, it smells like a fart. Oh, you mean when you walk? It's not our. It's not our hosts. No, here. no. It's um, when you walk um, in. Um, okay, two things. I see. Because I don't fart in here. I don't, fart, do I. I don't fart in here. And hey. in Dr. Homebrew, there's only three of us. I'm not saying it's... And a, you're complaining. I'm not saying it's the BM <laughs> and staff. And I'm not farting. So, so it might be the hop grenade staff. Well, that's what I think JP said. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's oh, there's a, a lot of people that roll through here. It's a lot, that, that's it is, also very it's true. It's part of the office. That's yes. a good... And it's, it's well, hard. Look, I get it. So I never brought it sure. up before. Do you want me to put up a sign? But this man is very, very accurate. Okay. It's really a good staff that comes in here and farts. Rather than out there with the, okay, with the, that's a good point. Yeah. Although you. we have a patio, like they can you. go outside. I know, right? Go in the walk-in. <laughs> Jesus, we help all of California. Oh, that's some, true. That is a very rational place. You, you need some signage. Some signage. Jesus, wash your there. hands. And fart in the walk-in. <laughs> and fart in the walk-in. Employees must fart in the walk-in <laughs> at all times. What is that in Spanish? <laughs> 
I don't know. <laughs> Something about frijole. I have no, idea. Uh, no beer left behind. Says uh, we should call it the supreme leader of malted communication and beverage drink. That's pretty accurate. Too. This is Korean good. translation. It's all, it's all about sketchy. getting this approved. Yeah. I, I appreciate this. Yeah. Supreme leader of malted communication and beverage drink. Okay, I like it. Okay, Jeff Gralnick says Studio Chechnya because in <laughs> Chechnya it feels like North Korea with less radiation and more oppression. It's true. In Chechnya we die more often. Right. Okay. Less less oppression in Chechnya. Oppression. <laughs> All right. Uh, Mark Wilson says, uh, studio left, because there's no rights in North Korea. <laughs> and he says, I wish I could turn off my dad joke mode. I'm so sorry. Uh, as, as much as I don't like that joke, it is the most... The- I know, Bev. Yeah. That's how you know it's a bad joke. I know. when Bevo laughs Well, because uh, it's a dad joke, and she's a mom. I love it. Ah, that's great. How about she uh, likes family but, circus? But it is a clever name for a studio. <laughs> I do so. Family circus. Oh, how, she about, does. how about this one? She reads it every day. <laughs> yeah. Pee in, in glass. Huh? Pee in glass. Pee in glass? I don't know. Yeah, with, it's, it's with a. I love Cor- it. I love thing. it. Let's move on. With the Korean not, thing. You're not playing. I know. You're, you're not playing. I like <laughs> Studio Left so far. Okay. Uh, Jason Yates says, oh, shit, Hoppy Seconds. I, I, I don't know. I, okay. I put it in there because it's a beer pun. All right. Uh, William says, it's still the Brewing Network, but it's sponsored slash edited slashed, and the guest <laughs> is always Kim Jong-un, chairman of the Workers' Party. Okay. Oh, also I like accurate. That yeah. <laughs> and, la- and last but not least, Bobby says, Bevo's Double Wide Sad Job Studio, sponsored by Sugar Valley Brewer. <laughs> Winner! <laughs> no. No, no. I can't give it to that. Uh, there were some other good Bevo's ones. Bevo's Double Wide Sad Job Studio. <laughs> double Wide Sad, sad Job, job studio. studio. It is sort of... Can I get a plaque made for <laughs> this room that says that? And honestly, this is... That, that's, <laughs> that's the thing I was hoping for. That's not North Korea. That's her... That's right her, now. Her How about we just booth. etch it on this big glass... We're going to put a mirror, mirror on that oh, wall yeah. behind you. Right, this is so what I was hoping gonna for. That's not going to win the Twitter game, but that's going to win like something else. That's, that's going to win the actual sign. Yes. Uh, Do your left. Uh, I like the first one, which was like... Whatever, whatever the Supreme Leader tells you to yeah. call it. Yeah. That's a good strategy. It's a survival strategy, if, if anything. You want to get approved. And and then I like Studio Left. Because <laughs> there's no rights in Korea. Yeah, those North are my Korea. two favorites. That's what I put on my list. Did anybody else have another one they liked I more? liked Supreme Center of Malted Communication and Beverage Drink. Oh, yeah, yeah. I like that one, too. And Double Wide Sad Job Studio. Because I really was hoping for these kind of like mistranslated, you know, confusing things. Uh, mm. I, I, I like uh, that. Know, that shit's funny to me. I, I, like I like all the other yeah. sad jobs. Yeah. Yeah. Bobby! That's Double wide sad job studio. Well done. You've won our Twitter game. Uh, I think I think JP should be the ultimate final say so. Agreed. I, I think you're right. Because I mean, it's just a how, how about you just pick the, the one you like and then. So when they figure him out, they'll figure the out how to, how to win it this game. It is a lot like uh, uh, Cards Against Humanity, where the person who has the black card decides yeah. the winner. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, get it. Or well, you should. <laughs> all right. I, I'm it's down with that. Sad here. job studio. Why not? Yeah. For sure. Uh, all right. job. And then we do Speaking need a placard point. made for your studio. So sad. Just, it's got to go right on the door. Double sad wide, job sad studio. job studio. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, <laughs> all right. Um, just a reminder not to forget about uh, the great deals you can get over at Adam and Eve. That's right. You can go to adamandeve.com right now and get a deal by using coupon code BNARMY. You're going to get uh, 50% off any one item, three free adult DVDs, a free exclusive gift, and to top it off, you're going to get the uh, free shipping on the new order plus an exclusive gift uh, that we've talked about before. We talked about it. It does magic things to your magic places. Uh, go to adamandeve.com right now and use coupon code BNARMY. That's B-N-A-R-M-Y at checkout, and you're going to get all the deals and all the things and a bunch of free stuff. And I don't see why you wouldn't do it, because otherwise you have to go to the creepy adult store down the street from your house. And the only free thing you get is someone else's DNA on your hands. P- correct. When you touch the doorknobs. So go do it at adamandeve.com instead, and everybody happy. <laughs> Long time. Long time. Happy. All right. Next week on the program, we've got Ale Apothecary on the show, uh, which yes. should be fun. Very popular organ brewery. Another organ brewery. Oh, yeah. I uh, heard a lot of good things about Ale Apothecary. Uh, Paul up there, but I've never had their beers, never seen their beers, really. Okay. Uh, talking to Dave at Flat Tail, and he turned me on to them. And uh, Paul seems like a very nice guy, very knowledgeable very knowledgeable dude. Well, if he can put up with Dave at Flat Tail, he's probably a nice guy. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And uh, very tolerant. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So we got that going on next week. I'm off for uh, several weeks after that. Yeah. Have JP a good journey. is going to take time. the helm. Thank you. It's okay. Great itinerary. I, we, uh, I've got some you good don't. stuff going on. Uh, I'm excited to see the Stone Berlin opening. Nice. Uh, represent, bro. I'm going to represent. That's the one piece of work I'm doing. Yeah. That's why I'm mentioning it. Everything Hope else going there? is fucking around. Work. Um, oh, you're going yeah. to be in the realm anyway, so you might as well swing yeah. by. How, how, yeah. how long of a blog are you going to write about it? Be in, about uh, your work, be in your blog. work session. I'm going to send you like one photo yeah. <laughs> and a couple of words. And I'll be like, this should go to Kim. What the fuck? <laughs> what do I care? Well, and they didn't invite me as media, so I don't feel any responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> they just, the way I feel. They don't pay. I don't want to go. Yeah. I'm right. Just, was going to hang out. Right off? Yeah. <clears throat> oh, yeah. The, the whole oh, thing. Yeah. Right <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, let's, let's be honest. Oh, you, you're working, right? Oh, yeah. I, oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I have to stop in. Oh, there's that. Yeah. So that's work. Oh, I have yeah. to stop in at the place that stole the Hop Grenade logo in Munich. Are you gonna, are you gonna, that's work. Are you going to confront them? I haven't decided. I think Are you going to dress head I to think, toe in oh, hop grenade? I think oh. I'm going to dress in all hop grenade Everything, gear and hat, just go sit shirt. there and have a beer and stare at them in a creepy way. And then like, and just, like, like, you know, like I'm like sagging in my... They go like, what's with your high logo there, bro? And just wait and, bro. See, and just yeah. like really stare at them. Can we? How about this? <clears throat> Here's a new shirt design. Beat down. It's the American flag, but instead of the stars, <laughs> yeah. it's 50 hop grenades. Oh my God, I should wear that in there. Because it's, a a douche, it's like a douchier way to go like... <laughs> How about this? Like, we uh, make we make you a whole bunch of hop grenade buttons. Yeah, and you just start giving them out just, just their, to everybody in their place. Uh huh. Oh, exactly. Yeah. In their place. So, I haven't dude, decided here, how here, I'm going to address. Hire that. some uh, talent to come in with you. Oh, I, mean, I got like, talent. Real talent. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, like a Hooters. You have like you know outfits for them. They're yeah. Well, Daniela's going to go with me. She's okay, talent. Then it is Hooters. Well, well, well uh, I see. This is those are Hooters. This is like a do over trip. Uh, no. Tasty, I'm going with Kate the Great. <laughs> but but here's you wanna know how weird it is? But we're staying with Daniela and her husband. <laughs> yes, well, that's how you roll. See, this is I don't care. Yeah. Uh but what I'm saying is Daniela looks sure. hot all the time. Like so and Kate's not uh she's got I the boobs. Oh, uh, so yeah. uh so there's a couple of pieces of talent right there. <laughs> And I'm so sure I'm, these women are so happy with the descriptions you're giving them. 
they're both listening going, <laughs> oh, oh, they're both they're spooning right used. now. Yeah. So I'm going to bring us all in covered in hop grenades. <laughs> very complimentary person. And the, yeah, so I you're know. just going to be in Germany or are you going to go to France and visit our buddy, our buddy there? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to see Yann also. I fly oh. in and out of France. Nice. Are you going to go to Chechnya? Um, you can't fly. I, ox not available. <laughs> ox busy plowing one, only field. One road in, one road out. Ox not available. Too many cattle on the runway. One ox. Yeah. Mm. Three-legged ox, not fast. I am going to go see Outland Brewery in Paris because it's it's now open and he's brewing. Yes, he's and actually I've got been his dream. Listening to him talk about this for fucking years, and, and it's it. finally it's open. And Williams, and they're they're both there, right? Uh, yes. Yes. Matthew. Matthew, I mean. Yes. Well, Matthew probably doesn't show up very often because he's lazier than I am. Matthew. But but Yann is there. Yeah, Matthew. Uh, But Yann is there. And the new Outland um, Tap House is under construction. Uh, So I don't think it'll be open when I'm there, but I'm going to go stop in on it. So you have the Outland Brewery that's now open. And then the Outland Tap House, uh, which will serve uh, all Outland beer plus other other beers as well. Nice. So Yan's moving up in the world. That's nice. Excellent, excellent. Which is good because he quit yeah, his job and he did, and he's uh, got a baby. He's lucrative and, teaching it's, job. and it's finally working. Yeah. C- could you laugh like him? Uh, I can't. I can't. Come do on, I, come no, on. I don't even know how to do that impersonation. That's uh, <laughs> it's great. Yeah, when yeah. Yan really laughed. But just to, you know, uh, just so you know, like uh, a lot of people here go out on a limb uh, to start to be an entrepreneur, yeah. right? And it's yeah. it's hard for everybody. Just let me give you just an example of his. So <clears throat> he was a teacher. D- did uh, did fine as a teacher, especially when in terms of vacation. Um, but decided to go the brewery route and worked on it for years, and then finally quit his teaching job. And here's what you're allowed to do in in France. You can quit. When you have a job like that, it's a government job, basically, and the way they they structure the education. So he essentially had to get the equivalent of a master's degree to to do that job. Okay? So just think about all that education. Mm -hmm. He's allowed to leave the job for a year. And if he doesn't come back, he would have to go through the entire education system again. Oh, he would have to re-get his master's to go back to being a teacher. So it's not a degree. It's more of a license. It's, uh, yeah, exactly. Ugh. And so that's what I'm saying about the risk that he took. So, he said, I'm going to leave and start this brewery. And if he didn't make it happen within a year and go back to teaching, yeah. he would have to go through the whole college process again. But think about teach. how good his grades One would be. One more reason time. to say, fuck you, French. I know. But what about just, those co-eds? Though? Think really? about that. Oh <laughs> yeah, he goes back now. He's like, well, this ain't so bad. <laughs> uh, but right? Because right. also he has no other marketable skills or education. Right. He could be so a translator. If, so if the brewery fails, it's what's he going to He's going to just... What's he going to do? I don't know. You be an artist. Say fuck you, Frank. So I'm just pointing out wow. like, what a Talking risk. Talking about putting it out there on the He'll shopping block. He will be on your couch. Right, because here we, you can bail, and then you, it doesn't work uh, out. You whatever. go back to your job. Well, here you uh, still have, you keep you have your day a degree. Job. You, yeah, you've yeah. earned your degree. That's something you have earned, His and you paid money disappears. For. Yeah, that's terrible. Wow. Isn't that messed up? That's terrible. That screwed up. Yeah, but, any, but you know what? He's doing great. USA and, uh, won. He's France making some of the best beer, if not the best uh, beer in France. How do you nice. know? Um, I've tasted it. Have you? Yes. When? Uh, last uh, November. Okay. Last November. Fair, hey, fair enough. Okay. It's awesome. You probably had the awesome uh, French beer. The tasty. Uh, I had the tasty, which is of, I've had the tasty. in my opinion the Jesus best beer in Christ. France. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. 
Oh wow! It has a little my logo on there. You see the new label? No. The new label's got my whole freaking what little character guy on it. Really? And the whole whole beer recipe. Dude, that's cool. Crazy. The French love that shit. Yeah, no, it's like do. weird. All right, well, I'll stop. I get full license. are weird. Uh, look, now they're brewing it themselves at their own brewery. Yes, their own brewery. So I'll check it out for yeah, you. Yeah, let me just to hear about I'll that. let you know I think we just get one bottle back here, and we could try it. Oh, sure. Yeah. Or two. I can How about two? I'm flying in and out, so I can. I got you. Yeah, do you that. Do the old in and out. It'd be yeah. fun to have it on the show. Hey, are you going to go to Augustiner? You're going to go to... Because I, I need some of that Hellas, bro. I can get that without going there. I need some. Uh, you got it. All right, thanks. All right. Got some? And maybe some Questy 6. Maybe like green cap, green label. I'm not going to Belgium. Request. Fuck. I'm not going to Belgium. Do my whole trip for me so I don't have to do it. I'm going to uh, Prague. Is there anything you want from Prague? I don't know. Pilsen? I'm yeah, going to Pilsen. Yeah, I'm going to Pilsen Just stuff. <laughs> Just things. All right, I'll get you guys some stuff. I like some good beers. All right, yeah. Augustiner. That'd be cool because remember when you went that did that big ass Belgian trip and you brought it back a bunch of beer. Yeah, and we had like a whole segment on it. I That'd thought that great. was really fun. That was a cool tasting experiment. All right, oh. I can do that. Okay. I'm going to I'm going to Cologne, so I'm hoping to get some good Cologne. Cologne. Get some good Cologne. Please. I like Dracar Noir. Cologne. Cologne. Sorry. Hey. I had my Cologne looked at the other week. It's pretty fun. <laughs> so, um, all right, I'm going to first get. Or go my whole fucking t-shirt from wherever you go. Okay. <laughs> Could you give me some beer? You just want beer, like Augustiner. Yeah. Pretty, yes. I've smelled smell you. Else. You need some more cologne. I'll take care of you guys. Uh, but don't Do worry, it, I'm still here for another week. So <laughs> oh. I know you guys are feeling like you're going to miss me already. But Oh, I'm out next week. I'll be back I can't handle week. it anymore. Okay, that's I fine. just can't. I can't do it. Uh, all right. I'll be here next week holding down the fort. Right. Hopefully Beardy will show up. To... Man. I went to his spot yesterday. Oh, at the right. brewery? Uh, at oh, the no, Loma. Right, right here? Loma. Right next Brewpo? to me? Yeah. Uh, and I had some. He had four beers on. They were pretty good. Pretty good? What do you mean? They were pretty good. Excellent, you mean? No, they were pretty good. Okay. They were pretty good. We had a dry Irish stout. That was the best. Okay. Uh, his pale ale was 6%. And, you know, he, look... If they were they were his first beers on his new system, I mean, he, he was like, and so we were talking about like what we should, yeah, sure. what what he should work on and yeah. whatever. So um, I thought they were pretty good. Man. Excellent. It's a cool spot. It's definitely really cool. I think his it's clientele are looking for weeks. pretty good. I think it'll be a great. Story. It's a rad. It's a rad location. <laughs> it is. Good yeah. be. You can dance to it. Yeah, the beers are great. Yeah. What's pretty, the what's the beer focus there? Is it more like food, or is it the beers got to? I think it's well both. What, what, what it sounds like what the chefs are doing is incorporating a lot of the beers in different steps, hmm. different stages of oh. the beers, like wort and uh, even some hops. Oh, they're really integrating in, the, into, in the menu into the food. Oh, wow. Yeah, oh, so wow. they they want to do some marinating with some some wort. They want to take some uh, some dry hops and make tinctures and put those in the cocktails what? and do all sorts of shit like that and kind of pair those with. It sounds like they're brewing. like uh, Paxson uh, it, it, followers, definitely, yeah. and oh, they're yeah. kind of like all about it. That's excellent. Yeah, they're 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 pretty jazzed wow. about it over there. So cool. We'll see how long that lasts. Right. So you need that's what I, said. <laughs> I was like, how long do you think that's going to last, man? Until they're just using DME and you know <laughs> fucking hop extract. Yeah. <laughs> you, you find it back there pouring Miller Light into a fucking pasta. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> no, always a glaze. They'll do fine. Yeah, that's sure. cool. All right. all right, let's get out of here yes. uh, next week. Ale Apothecary. Uh, thanks to Pelican Brewing Company for being in the studio and talking with us today. Uh, thanks to Tom McCormick from the California Craft Brewers Association as well. Sure. Uh, JP, get us out of here, will right. you? Thank you to our show sponsor, More Beer. You can get absolutely everything you need to make great beer at home by going to morebeer.com. 
Darren and Ryan from Pelican Bay Brewing came on the show to show us what is happening up on the Oregon coast. Check them out at pelicanbrewing.com. Merge your love of Disneyland with your lack of engaging podcasts and go to earsuppodcast.com as JP, Terrence, Bevo, and Taryn talk about all things Disney. Go to check out Moscow's Hop Cartoons over at hoplifestore.com. Get on Twitter for some good beer insight and homebrew info. Follow Nate Smith at Nathan Homebrew, Mike McDowell at Tasty McD, JP at Major Jip, and Warren is adding to the noise over at Another Beardy. Tasty will be speaking at the St. Louis Hops Homebrew Club meeting being held at Perennial Ales in St. Louis on September 13th at 7 p.m. sharp. Today's show is produced by Beverly, and your host has been Justin Crossley. Be sure to find the Brewing Network on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Justin's a nice guy and winning the race, J.P.